what's up, everything? What seemed to be an alright, if a little underwhelming, free agent day for the Blues was quickly turned upside down by the shocking acquisition of former Sabres center Ryan O'Reilly. Doug Armstrong overhauled the Blues roster, and there's a lot to be excited about. We'll talk about it all ahead, as well as touch on some of the questions that remain for St. Louis. We'll also dive into all the other free agent acquisitions around the league, the ones that make sense and the ones that definitely don't. We've got all that ahead and more, so let's get started and let's go Doug Armstrong! Welcome back, everyone. This is the Two Guys No Cup podcast. It is Monday, July the 2nd. We are coming to you from our lively and effervescent studios in the halls of Valhalla, where they have erected a statue in honor of the true golden god, Doug Armstrong. (laughs) How are you doing today, Ian? I'm feeling fantastic. Oh, it is. There's a lot to be excited about for the Blues uh, yesterday, as all Blues fans know, turned on something of a dime, mm-hmm. I would say, for Blues fans and players and everyone involved. And we are uh, going to talk about all of that eventually. No. Uh, just, I mean, I think for the for the flow of the overall episode, it makes a little more sense uh, for us to start with some of the league signings, and then mm-hmm. we'll dive deep into what the Blues did and perhaps have left to do, if anything. Um, but, yeah, why don't we start with the league signings? And if you're here and if you're thinking, I really just want to hear about, you know, your guys' takes on the Blues, uh, we'll put we'll try to remember to put a timestamp in for you on the uh, show notes on, uh, you know, iTunes, SoundCloud, etc., and give you about an idea where you can skip ahead to if you're just in it for the Blues stuff. But if you want our wacky opinions on the whole league and all the other signings, uh, you're about to get them. So, as most of you know, yesterday, July 1st, is the opening of uh, free agent period officially for the NHL, and for all intents and purposes, it's typically the closing, too. (laughs) Uh, Free agency opens uh, noon Eastern, I think, on July 1st, and usually by about 1.30 Almost all of the major free agents have gone somewhere uh, officially. And so uh, that's more or less the case this year, too. Uh, Still a couple of names out there, including one uh, that's particularly interesting where the Blues are concerned, but we'll talk about that again towards the end. Um, So, yeah, I mean, do you have anything else you want to say before we just launch right in. I'm trying to mute everything, and it just keeps dinging. <laughs> Needs your attention. Um, no, not really. I We sort of compiled a list of different UFA signings for different teams. Yeah. We kind of have two opposing lists, so I don't know. Go go ahead, and we'll see if there's anything that I have written down for any sort of misses, or if there's any smaller ones that you have, or bigger ones you have that I missed. Okay. We can just go right ahead. All right. Well, we'll do that. Uh, let's start with, I want to introduce something that I'm going to be referencing a fair amount uh, over the next little while as we talk about this, um, and that is the work of 
Dom, you say Lecision. There are more S's and Z's and C's in this name that than I thought were feasible before uh, reading it. But you say it's Lecision, and I have no better input, so that's going to be my <laughs> guess as well. Sorry, Dom. Uh, but Dom is a well-known um, uh, hockey analyst, kind of a stats guy for The Athletic. Uh, because everyone works for the athletic, we actually work for the athletic. We just don't we want to announce we've assigned <laughs> we've signing on with the athletic. Exactly, we're getting our free T-shirt and hopping aboard. Two athletics, uh, but... no athletics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he's well known for the work he does with uh, NHL and their um, kind of advanced stats, sort of mm-hmm. the competitor as much as there is one to uh, like. Bill James, and um, he's the baseball guy. But and that's the only guy. Sabermetrics, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, but, um, yeah, so he, he does a lot of numbers for The Athletic. That's the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. And he put out a chart uh, on, let's see, uh, June 28th of the highest value uh, players in free agency um, and their projected contracts uh, based on kind of age and the value and everything else involved. Um, and I think Matt Kane is the name of the guy that worked on the salary projections. Um, but yeah, so it's not a, it's not an all, you know, it's not an all encompassing tool tool necessarily. Um, but I think it's going to be a good guideline for us to consider as we go forward. And the big stat he cr- generates is called game score, uh, and it's kind of an idea of the impact someone has on a game. And I, I think over or under one is kind of like you're positive if you're over one, mm-hmm. uh, but I may be wrong. It may just be over zero. You're positive, but you know, you're not very impactful if you're... We'll, we'll see when we see some of these names. Um, we'll be able to figure it out. But yeah, in any case, uh, so um, the big fish of the day, should you want to get get right to that or you want to wait? Um, I have them listed in alphabetical order because I love oh my alphabetical gosh. I order. I was just going to do chronological order. So this is going to mess all of us up. We should start start a a few days before free agency because there were some signings. Uh, Oh, here's where we should start. The big extension. We are very well prepared for this. (laughs) We're prepared for the blue stuff. We should have talked more about this. But, you know, we're professionals. Mm. We're busy signing our athletic contracts. (laughs) Wing it. Just wing Uh, it. So the big extension of the summer goes to Mr. Drew Doughty. Uh, the property of the L.A. Kings for the most part for the rest of his career. Um, he signed an eight-year extension there, valued at $88 million. So for the math challenge, that's $11 million a year. And I'm not mocking you because I'm typically math challenged Break too. Break up the abacus. Uh, this is, I'm a little surprised he didn't get more, honestly. And I guess maybe the eight years kind of keeps that down a little bit, but... Um, I saw some people saying, oh, he's not worth this. He is. He's definitely oh, 100%. 100% worth this. Um, but, uh, yeah, he he signs his extension with L.A. and for all intents and purposes sets kind of the defenseman market yeah. for the foreseeable future. If um, you're an NHL fan, you should be happy that he signed for $11 million because yeah, that caps I, That's the top, yeah. I think. Um, maybe Carlson argues for more than that because of the offensive upside, yeah, but I don't think so. Maybe, but no one else. like. I think he probably gets the same at mm, best. 
as a blues fan, Petrangelo, I love him, isn't making eleven million, and that's great. Yeah, he's gonna be making under that for sure. Yeah, and he's worth a lot. Yeah. as we'll talk about, mm-hmm. uh, especially when that comes closer. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is no nonsense. They just got the business done. Drew Daddy didn't want to go anywhere. That's still got to be the highest paid Great defenseman, right? I would, At least cap hit wise. Currently or yeah, ever? Currently. Well, I guess. I guess both, ever, but, maybe then. Yeah, I, she certainly is. Okay. Yeah. Um, Michael Kempney, who was traded to the Washington Capitals <laughs> before they won the cup, signed a four year, $10 million extension uh, for an AAV of $2.5 million. Um, a little confused by this. The cap, the caps, I think, are a little too gun happy on the. Let's just keep everyone who helped win us a cup forever road. But mm-hmm. hey, I understand that. Um, we'll see going forward. Logan Couture signed an eight-year, eight million, eight per year million dollar extension, sixty-four million total, to stay with the San Jose Sharks. I like Logan Couture, but that seems a little high. To me, yeah, I haven't looked at the stats recently, and I I know they're very good, mm. but he's not like an eighty point player. I don't even know if he's a seventy point player. So, um, yeah, I mean he's a great player. They wanted to lock him up, fine if that's what it Let's takes. It's out. certainly not that big a stretch when you compare him to you know Ryan O'Reilly, for example, mm. who's making most of that period of time seven point five million dollars. Yeah, he's about a sixty point player. So. I don't know. I always use 10, you know, a million dollars per 10 points as a rule of thumb, but it's not perfect, especially for centers. He's 29 already. How's his face-off percentage? His face-off percentage is... (coughs) Oh, we could work on that. He hasn't been over 50 since 2013. See, that's Yikers to me. His career career average is 48.7. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't love it. I don't know what their center depth is. You know, Behind Thornton, it's not much. That's I what I mean. Think, so, so maybe that's the thing where you just have to you have to pay to keep yeah, them because you don't have anything it may else. Be, that may be true. I see now that they've fallen short on the Tavares move, that could be a bumpy future for the Sharks long term. I still think yeah. the next year or two is really they're going to be a dangerous team, but they've got a lot of money locked up and a lot of old mm, guys. players. So they've got like who is it Vlasic till he's like thirty nine yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, Burns too. For a I, long time. I give credit to their GM though, and San Jose for coming Wilson, out yeah. for both trying to get Tavares as hard as he did, but also like I think releasing some sort of like press release telling the fans like we really tried to get him. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. just to just to be transparent, so right. you know that he wasn't like ah we lowballed him. I mean, I think they offered he said him something, the most. Yeah, too, thirteen million. I think yeah. they offered him more than Connor McDavid. I know for a fact, yeah. which is preposterous. But hey, <laughs> maybe that's what he said. It's a oh, UFA. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Wilson very publicly, like you said, was like, well, it's a disappointing for him to leave, but it's mm-hmm. nice to know he was considering us until the very end. And Patrick Marlowe, former Shark, <laughs> apparently helped talk Tavares out of going to San Jose, as we'll talk about. Uh, speaking of being paid way too much money, we love you, but Ryan Reeves, two years, $5.5 million, an annual average value of $2.775 million. Way too much. I know George McPhee has basically infinite cap space, so this doesn't really matter, but way too much. Way too much what for Ryan did, Reeves. And I love Ryan Reeves. They but, gave, Wow. Edmonton gave Kyle Brodziak, which we'll get to, to like 1.15 per year mm. for two years. Kyle Brodziak is worth more than Ryan Reeves. Like, 
by far. I would still. say. Yeah, I would say for sure. Yeah, I don't think Ryan Reeves should be making over two. I give him real close. If yeah. you want to be real nice, like a 1.75 at mm-hmm. like the high end, but mm, mm-hmm. close to three. I agree. Yeah. Is he playing third line minutes now? No. He's, no, he's not. He's what? Well, he's going to play 60 games next year. He's going to be, he's still going to be scratched 20 games. Yeah. It just doesn't well, I love him. It's just a weird use of fun. He's great at what, I mean, as they said when we traded him last year, he's the best in the league at what he does, but what he does is a dying art. Mm-hmm. And the relative offensive upside that he brings, as opposed to other guys who do the same skill set, just doesn't balance it out, yeah. I don't think. What is it, two years for him? Two years. So, so it's not like a long-term. And Vegas does have just the cap, cap space. space. So they may have just said, well, give us a number that you won't talk to anyone else for, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt them in any way, but I think it is kind of a overall sort of, it's funky. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, continuing on the theme of uh, overpaying guys on two year deals, Mike Green signs two years, 10.75 million to remain in, uh, Detroit. I Detroit, along with Vancouver and maybe one or two other teams, just strikes me as a team that has no idea what direction it's heading in. Mm-hmm. And they got a couple of steals at the draft, and maybe that'll help them establish a direction. But, oh, boy, I don't get this contract at all. Mm-hmm. And I get the one argument as well. He loves playing, playing there, and he's valuable. Fine, but then take a little less money, Mike. I mean, I guess, again, they probably have a lot to throw around right now. But, yeah. Whatever. Uh, Jack Johnson, five years, $16.25 million with the reigning not champions anymore. It felt good to say that. Pittsburgh Penguins, your thoughts? Um, too much. Yes. Years. <laughs> too much years. and Probably, probably too much money. Probably too, too much money. Did you read, and I mean this is a real question because I did not, I just heard that Jack Johnson said some real crap things about the Blue Jackets as he was leaving. I did not hear I guess that. Tortor- Tortorella. I, guess, I think I maybe read Yeah, Tortorella. Supposedly was none too pleased that he, I guess, sniped at him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because Tortorella is such an easygoing well, guy. I know. That's the thing. So I don't know if Jack Johnson just said, ah, it was kind of rough there. And Tortorella's like, hey, buddy, fuck you. <laughs> I hate you and I hate your family and their non-money-having ways. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, um... It's too I much. Just, I don't... Why take shots at people when you're going out the door? I don't it's know. like when Carl Alsner, didn't he the one that's in uh, oh, Montreal, Montreal now, yep. said something about the window closing for the Caps. It's like, well, you look real stupid now, Carl. <laughs> um, Good job, Carl. Paul Stastny, former Blue, to the St. Louis. No, I'm just kidding. It didn't happen, people. He's a Vegas Golden Knight. I couldn't be happier because I still get to kind of passively root for him, mm. but also not care very much, which is about where I'm at with Paul Stasny. So we just kind of went with the money. Yeah. Yeah. And good for him. I mean, yeah. three years, $6.5 million cap hit, $19.5 million total. I mean, when you price it That's between a, yeah. Bozak Tavares and O'Reilly as the three centers, the three highest profile centers that moved other than him. Two of those are with the Blues. Mm-hmm. How the hell did that happen? We'll get to it. When you price it relative to those guys, I, I still think he should have been closer to six. Also, because I think Bozak at five is a little bit of a reach, but mm-hmm. 
again, it's Vegas. Vegas has lots of money. Infinite cap, and if they're like, we need Paul Stastny, they get him. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he look. We know what Paul Stastny is. He's an incredible face-off winner. He's responsible in all areas of the zone. He'll get you forty to fifty points if healthy, and if you put him with really great talent, he'll get you sixty. And that's fine. I mean, that's be, really good. He could be centering uh, William Carlson. He could be. He could be centering old Bill 22 goal Carlson. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, maybe 15 goals. And then, speaking, remember back a few minutes ago when I said the Vancouver Canucks <laughs> had no idea where they're going? What a long time ago. The worst contract, I think, by a wide margin of this free agency period, unless we come across one that makes even less sense. Uh, the, Vega, the, the, the Vancouver Canucks <laughs> signed Captain France himself, Antoine Roussel, to a four-year, $12 million deal. Mm-hmm. Antoine Roussel, who does nothing in this league, who the stars were like, yeah, you just get lost. I don't care. Mm-hmm. They signed, they basically signed, we'll talk about the other two, but they basically signed a fourth line for like $10 million mm-hmm. yesterday per season. And it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, they don't have any talented people to pay right now, but that team is as lost. Like, how Jim Benning still has a job, that's not the right person, is it? Yeah, it is. No, you're right. How Jim Benning has, still has a job, those flashcards work, people. <laughs> uh I just he just seems lost. I mean, he can't decide between winning and losing at all. And yeah, he doesn't know if they should still be tanking or if they should start trying to win. Right? Yeah, I just I just don't get it. And they really should still be tanking. Yeah, um, probably. I think it's weird because I started to kind of like Vancouver a little bit because they weren't so good anymore, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, you know, I used to hate this team, but now they're all right. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I think they heard that, and then they signed Antoine Roussel, and I was like, like, oh, "Oh, you're right out. I hate you again. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, they also signed Jay Beagle for four years at three million per. Yeah. Which is like another fourth line guy? Is that what you were alluding to earlier? That's your fourth line center, yeah. Yeah, Six million, and I think they signed one more guy. I'm scanning now. We'll find. We'll come across it. But yeah, I don't know. And Tim Schaller for two years, one point nine million. Because they're they, three million. Yeah, they that's... lost the Sedins to retirement. Mm-hmm. They've got Brock Besser. They've got Bo Horvat. That is a player that they employ. Yes. So they have two people: Besser and Horvat. And Berchi, Bear- a good distance behind them, but something. Yeah, that's like. And then they've yeah. got uh, Tanev, who they have to trade. Yeah. And that guy, defenseman they overpaid for last year, or last, you know, in the mid middle of the season. Oh, yeah. Good Branson, is yep. that who it is? I don't know, man. Good luck. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> them luck. more when we do our Pacific Division preview, but that team just seems totally... Here's a preview. They're going to be at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that team just seems totally lost. Uh, the Red Wings in the longest-running pyramid Ponzi scheme in history have signed Thomas Vanek to a one-year, $3 million contract, whom they will once again trade at the deadline <laughs> for some ass. That's what they're doing. That's $3 million that they signed him for. That's a $3 million second-round pick oh, or yeah, whatever. Exactly. They're paying That's $3 million for a pick. Uh, we're talking, I'm weaving the central people to the end so we can talk about them kind of in preparation for talking about what the Blues did. Thomas Polkanek came back home 
to where he belongs, and I'm fine with it. One year, $2.25 million for Pocanic to return to the Montreal Canadiens. It's fine. They'll probably trade him again when they suck again, which they definitely will. And the Canadiens, really their only other move, because I think it's a a prerequisite, a, a prerequisite of free agency day for the Canadiens, um, is to sign the most French-sounding player they can. Mm. Uh, in this case, David Perron fell just short in that <laughs> race to Xavier Ouellette, oh, uh, who nice. I assume is uh, a Quebecer himself, uh, <laughs> but he comes at a one-year $700,000 uh, cost. Nothing moved there for a depth defenseman. Uh, moving forward, Thomas Hickey, who is a defenseman, I know very little about signed, maybe re-signed with the New York Islanders yeah, he, for five years that's where he was. at $10 million, 2.5 cap hit. Fine. I mean, under three, it's hard to care too much. They need something. On they got to have something. Peter Morazic, the goalie extraordinaire, goes to, I'm so sorry, Peter, the Carolina Hurricanes on a one-year deal for $1.5 million. He'll probably good. be the starter. Yeah. I mean, there's no way they can just go in assuming Darling's the starter. Maybe they have to because of the money, but... Uh, Oh, Mrazic and Darling. Ooh. Oh, no. Ian Cole, our old pal, Ian Cole, to oh, we're doing we're doing we're doing central people later. So you'll never know. He's just a central division Ooh, player. Maybe he's on the blues. John Moore, <laughs> another defenseman I know very little about because he plays in the East. Uh, I Lame. believe was a New Jersey Devil, is now a Boston Bruin for five years at thirteen point seven five million dollars. A fine contract. I just don't know. Like, if you can commit someone to that little money, then why are you committing to them for that long? Like, that seems like... How many, what's the years? Five for 2.75 annual value. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe guess maybe you know exactly to, what you're getting for a third-pairing defenseman Maybe that was to years. drive the price down. Maybe. I don't know. Jay Beagle, as you already mentioned, four years, $12 million in Vancouver whatever uh austin <laughs> Cesarnik goes to uh i'm looking at the logo calgary <laughs> <laughs> is that a c or is that uh, a fire <laughs> he goes there for two years uh at a 2.5 million dollars total uh along with Derek ryan who goes for three years 9.375 million dollars uh, uh sure i mean i guess i mean they're both decent forwards they're both third line guys mm-hmm. the difference between calgary and vancouver is that they're playing paying roughly three million per to two third line guys and vancouver's paying that for fourth line guys at best um, one of the biggest signings of the day, as you correctly called, not the destination, but the price tag you hit, right on the money. James Van Riemsdyk returns to the team that I assume drafted him, but certainly raised him from a pup. Uh, f- the Philadelphia Flyers at a five-year, $35 million price tag. That is $7 million annual value, as you c- predicted. Uh, Ron Hextall, who is the... Uh, GM of the Philadelphia Flyers continues his streak of not offering no movement or no trade clauses to anyone. So good for him, uh, which is good because he'll certainly be trading James Van Riemsdyk by the end of this contract. Um, The Flyers, to me, almost fall into that category of it feels like they don't know where they're going, but they're just doing it at a higher profile level. Mm -hmm. They don't have a goalie. At all, Who I, like at all. Goalie? I don't know. Like, is it Elliot? Is he there another year? Do they still have Elliot and Neuvers? 
I guess, but like neither of those guys are tenable. Mm-mm. So why are you? I mean, you don't need more goals that more than you need a better option there. So let's, yeah, let's trade him Jake Allen for Brian Elliott. I'm sure Blues fans would be thrilled. I think I did propose that in I our mean, trade bargain. Though, I mean, so. like, don't really because gross because it's just weird. But like. That'd be the team to do it. That's fine. Yeah, sure. They'll take him. <laughs> um, Jonathan Bernier, three years, $9 million to uh, Detroit. I think they still have, um, what's his nuts? <laughs> Howard, Jimmy Howard <laughs> yeah. out there. Um, it'd be bones. interesting to see if they hold him for his last season or try and trade him. I would have took Bernier, but probably not for... <laughs> That much, that probably not as a backup so. with yeah. you. So yeah. Speaking of backups, Yaroslav Halak, our old friend, our very own, our our son, our little <laughs> son, our little Halak Nest monster signs with go. the Buffalo uh, Bruins. Buffalo Bruins, Boston Bruins for two years, five point five million dollars cap hit, two point seven five million. He'll be the backup for Tuka Rask. He'll do nicely in that role. Yeah. I think he's fine. Um, Joachim Nordstrom goes to. Boston for two years at $2 million. Next, <laughs> Matthew Pekka goes from to Montreal, two years, $2.6 million. Is. Next, uh, Tobias Ryder. He's the German hey. fella, right? Yep. He goes to the Edmonton Oilers for one year at $2 million. Uh, would have been a nice piece for the Blues to add, but not anybody I think we're missing, considering what we did do. Where was he last year? Arizona. He got traded, though. L.A. L.A., yeah. That's right. Part of that weird deal they did. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Gravel, one year, 700 k for the Oilers. Michael Grabner, who, another name that kind of interests me at the right price mm-hmm. for the Blues, ends up with um, the Arizona Coyotes for three years, $10.5 million, $10.05 million, a $3.35 million cap hit. And as you pointed out to me, and I think you're right on the money, about this, I think we're going to see a lot of these kinds of deals uh, this year, three-year deals, next year, two-year deals. Uh, with the final year, people are thinking in advance, okay, this is who we're losing to the Seattle Supersonics. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to change oh, the name please. every time I mention that. I'd love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and look, it's smart because some GMs got hosed last time. Oh, they're going to be playing a lot safer through now. Through their own invention. It's gonna. What's interesting about that, though, is it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how maybe uh, maybe Seattle gets a really good team for that year. Because let's say you get Tyler Bozak, Tobias Ryder. Well, he's not. He's only signed for two years. Tyler Bozak, Michael Grabner, you know, mm-hmm. that level of guy. Let's say. Maybe, you know, the Flyers exposed James Van Reemsdyke at that point. Maybe they get a lot of good players, but it's just for a year or two. And then maybe they actually do the rebuild thing that the Knights were supposed to do where they get a lot of assets to flip, True. but then they actually flip them. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, I could swear we already talked about Peter Mrazek, but he's on the list again. Um, our old friend Kyle Brodziak goes to uh, his hometown Edmonton Oilers for two years at $2.3 million. Great deal for the Oilers. He's perfect. I mean, he's an mm-hmm. amazing fourth-line center. We talked about it. We wanted him back badly. Doesn't end up happening. He gets to go home. All the best wishes to Kyle. 
Uh, we're going to have other options, plenty of options for fourth line center, as it turns mm-hmm. out. Uh, we'll talk about those later. No hard feelings yeah. at all. He's a sandpaper guy that can play, which is something he's great. They don't have wins face offs at all. I mean, he does everything you could want, yeah. and he's accepting very little money. So good for him. He can him. play up the lineup. Didn't he play second line center for us when mm-hmm. we lost Stasny? And he was fine. I he mean, did fine. He was acceptable and on, I mean, on a team that wasn't making the playoffs, but still almost did. That's the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Dagger him. Oh, got him. Get it. <laughs> a former kind of blue, Kenny Agostino, not to be confused with Matt D'Agostino, who is very long gone. Matt D'Agostini, very long Maybe gone from the uh, one year, $700,000 to go to Montreal. Just a depth signing there. Michael Caput, I think it's probably Caput or Caput. I think it's Caput. Uh, two years, $1.35 million depth signing for Montreal as well. Uh, although maybe not depth because they still need a first line as well. So <laughs> <laughs> remains to be seen. Buffalo signs Scott Wilson, two years, $2.1 million. Vegas signs Nick Holden, two years, $4.4 million. Was he with them last year? I think he was. Maybe. I want to say he might I have been. Remember. In any case, he's there. Matt Cullen goes at 42 years old to the Pink- Pittsburgh Penguins for $650,000. He has a cup. Yeah. Just give up. Have some respect, <laughs> Matt. Uh, Michael Hutchinson, goalie backup, one year, $1.3 million. Backs up Roberto Longo in Florida. Tim Schaller. What happened to Reimer? Didn't we already discuss him? No. Is so. that not? No, that's Bernier. I get them confused yeah. all the time. I don't they, know. Maybe goals. he's maybe just an AHL. Yeah, okay. I mean, Sorry. I was maybe like, he's wait. just a really good AHL option. They've got, I think they have a lot of injury problems last year with both Longo oh, no, and yeah. Reimer. My so. point is, if Reimer's not there, go get we him. should go get James Reimer. There we go. There's our solution, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tim Schaller, two years, $3.8 million for the Canucks. Next, boring, third, fourth <laughs> line, paying too much, et cetera. Daniel Carr, don't care about him. Frederick Quayson, Stephen Elliott, all these people went to teams. Adam Quindeming, I'm looking for important names. Leo Komarov. Lou Amarello leaves Toronto and thinks, the one player I need to build a successful franchise, more than I need John Tavares, is Leo Komarov, and he commits to this farcical idea with a four-year, $12 million contract, which, when compared to Antoine Roussel getting the exact same deal, not that bad. Mm-mm. But when compared to having a broken shell of a franchise left behind by the publicly disgraced John Tavares, very <laughs> bad. Uh, we'll talk about Tavares more in a minute because he's kind of the big star of the show. Riley Nash goes to Columbus. Three years. $8.25 million. Spin Berchi stays with the Vancouver Canucks for $10 million over three years. Excuse me. $10 million. $101 million. That 101. Can't forget it. Mm, Spen insisted. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was angrily, angrily persistent on that point. Uh, Mike McKenna, St. Louisan, former Blues backup, one year, 700000 to go suffer in Ottawa. But I guess I could suffer in Ottawa for a year for seven hundred grand. Mm. So, you know, I'll accept it. <laughs> Luke Shin, 
no relation to Brayden except that they're brothers, but I'm sure Brayden would rather forget it, uh, goes to Anaheim for a year at $800,000. Might have been a nice depth ad for the Blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been a fun story, but alas, it does not happen. Today, we got a little news out of San Jose. Tomas Hurdle re-signs with the Sharks. He was extended for four years, $22.5 million cap hit. 5.625. Not bad considering the term. Uh, he's a good player. He's not, he doesn't strike me as a great, great, great mm-hmm. player, but he's good. Joe Thornton, no surprise, stays with San Jose for a year at 5 million. Tom Kunakel has signed with the Islanders for a year. No details yet on the price. If it's more than two bucks, it's too much, but <laughs> I suppose they need any players they can get. Uh, Slater Kekik, I think. It's just K-O-E-K-K twice. I've never heard of him. Long-time prospect of the Tampa Bay Lightning that my friend, our friend Tommy Hummel, opened my brain to his existence today. Signed for a year at $865,000. Brian Givens, a year $1 million to the Anaheim Ducks. And then today's big signing, the real deal, James Neal. James, if you opened a bar, how cheap would your shots be? Mm -hmm. Well, he can buy a lot of cheap shots with... $28.75 $28.75 million over five years to sign with the Calgary Flame. A Calgary Flames kind of with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers in that don't know what they're do- doing, but better than the Canucks and mm. Red Wings category. Uh, but James Neal, good signing. Not too much money, too many years. He's kind of old what already. Was it, five years? Five years. I mean, you're yeah. not going to get him for fewer years than that, but it's an overcommitment mm-hmm. from the very start. Uh, so anything you want to say before we get to the big fish, the big one, the mm. fella? I guess I'm thinking James Neal. I would have I accepted him here, but... Considering what we did... What did he have points-wise last year? Let I think considering what everyone on that team did, his points total kind of underwhelmed me. But why don't you look at Yeah. James Neal... officially. ...had... Loading, loading, loading. Um, James Neal had... 44 points last year? That can't be right. Really? Uh, I suppose. I guess. Perron had 66. Why is James Neal getting paid this much? Because he's James Neal. I mean, Neal. I guess he's had he's had 60-point seasons. He's had an 80-point season. That was a while back. But all right, that's fair. But I think that's a vast overpayment for what he did last year on what was supposedly a really good team. I mean, he scored 25 goals, so he's not really an assist maker. But eh, I would have paid him like five. Five million, maybe. Yeah, he got paid too much. Um, but, you know, he's fine. He's a fine player. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have him on Calgary. this team for that much. No, for sure. And thus we pass. Speaking on him. of players I wouldn't have on this team for that much. No, I'm, th- I'm kidding. Um, seven years, $11 million is what John Tavares signed. Oh, in the final edition. Of Tavares Watch 2018. Mm-hmm. Build the suspense, let the siren play to go to his hometown, Toronto Maple Leafs. Coming home, <laughs> coming home. Tell the world he's coming 
How? <laughs> Very um, professional. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what do you think about John Tavares going home? I thought he was going to end up in San Jose. I think a lot of people did. But as time went by and they talked to these front office guys in Toronto, it made without them saying very much, they said an awful lot. It seemed like they did not seem nervous whatsoever about talking to this guy. I think he had a three-hour, three two-hour meeting with Kyle Dubas, and they pretty much assumed that he sold them on this whole plan on how they were going to keep... Kyle to- Dubas, who is younger than John Tavares. Yeah. No, I'm... Not, no, he's not. He look. What's weird when you put him side by oh, side? Sure. He look looks young. Same, he looks younger. younger. Uh huh. Um, but Kyle Dubas supposedly sold John Tavares on this is how we're going to keep Matthews, Marner, and Nylander while you're here. Here's our like four or five year plan of what we're going to do at least the first five years you're here in terms of like salary and who we're going to try and acquire and yada yada. So I think he did a really good job of putting together like a plan rather than I don't know if other teams just tried to say, hey, it's Dallas. Pretty warm over here. That'd be pretty nice for you, huh? Get a nice tan. Yeah. And then Jim Nill just walked out. No. He goes, well, <laughs> my job here is done. Um, yeah, I, I like it because the Toronto Maple Leafs are hounded by the media, and either they're going to be tons of fun to watch with Tavares there, and the media will be all, you know, they'll be media darlings. They'll be a little annoying, but we're not in Canada, so we don't got to hear about it as much. Poor Canada. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, but if they're bad, they're almost just as exciting and maybe not bad, but they're just meh because you have John Tavares and you're just kind of okay. Mm. Or you just got marginally better. Oh, they'll just devour him. which yeah. we're a little bit of masochists here. That'd be fun. That'd be, that'd be some fun to watch. Yeah. I so, agree. but I, I think, um, you know, good luck to him up there. They got a crazy deep, pretty young, but crazy deep forward core up there. I'd put it. Probably top five in the league. Mm-hmm. Maybe not number one, but top five for sure. And if you've got veterans that are John Tavares and Patrick Marlowe up there, I think that's like a really good two-headed beast of a veteran to be talking with and leading these guys through everything because they can both still obviously play. Mm-hmm. So I'd be worried. Their defense is a little meh, but I think they're maybe better than the Lightning. In terms, They could win the Atlantic. Yeah. I think last year, I think if they stayed the same, they would have been behind the Lightning, maybe even Boston again. But I think this sort of catapults them into you. They should expect to win the Atlantic. If they don't, maybe that's a misstep. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> First and foremost, I'm glad it's over. Um, long national, I'm, international nightmare I'm, is over. I'm weirdly glad that Tavares left. New York. Oh, 100%. Not because I really, I don't, I ha- have no ill will to the Islanders, but that just, I didn't want to see them just rot in mm. the island and regret this decision for years. Every sport has that one, like, kind of superstar where they just don't leave. Yeah. And you're like, you could have been more somehow. You were already so good, but you could have been more. Yeah. And yeah, I don't get that. Um, so he joins a forward core that obviously has Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Patrick Myler, Marlowe, Myler, <laughs> Bill Nylander, that's where that came from, uh, Nazem Kadri, Zach Hyman, Connor Brown, Kasperi Kapanen, a ton of AHL talent that's coming up. Deepest, most dangerous forward core in the league, maybe. Um, it's, you know, it's still not necessarily just automatically past the Lightning and the Jets in that regard, mm-hmm. you know, but it's up there. I mean, it's certainly top five easily. But I it's just that team still doesn't have defense. 
mm-hmm. that's worth writing home about. They've got a couple of decent young defenders, but nobody, no stalwarts in that defensive core. In my opinion, you follow them a little closer than I do. I you think have, Jake Gardner's pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say you have Morgan Riley, and after that it gets kind of like, dicey. Yeah, and then I'm not sold that Frederick Anderson is much above an average NHL goalie. I mean, I think he's okay, mm. but I don't know that he's going to be stealing you games long-term in the playoffs. So I just I, I, I never got the move. And I the move made sense because it was bring one of the best players in the league to his hometown, mm-hmm. and that's the right story. But... I think, I mean, and and I may have egg on my face that they win two cups with this guy. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's this problem. There's typically this problem in Canada where, you know, because you're in Canada, you have to do, and I, I love Canada, but you have to do like the Canadian thing, you know, and it's like, it's not, hey, we're the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team that hasn't won a Stanley Cup in 50 years and needs to make the right decisions to build a team that is best suited to do that. It's like, hey... There's a Canadian who's super Canadian, and he's from our part of Canada. And to not sign him would be un-Canadian, and we need to be more Canadian. <laughs> and it's, you know, that's obviously I'm being a little sarcastic and, and, and you know, heavy-handed with it. But it, I just, it never really made sense to me to pay John Tavares $11 million a year to be your second-line center, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. I do not get that. Personally, it obviously makes you incredibly talented up front. I, you know, and Kyle Dubas, I know he's the golden boy, but he's an unproven GM and he got this done. So, you know, people are going to say that's automatically a point in his favor. And it is. I mean, he got him done. But like, how do you keep that core intact? How do you build a defense around this guy? How do you find goaltending if you need to find it? You know, there are questions is all I'm saying. And it's not to rain on the parade because they'll be the most exciting team to watch next year. And I'm excited for it. And good. I honestly, you know, great. If they win a cup, they're off the island. It's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I just don't, I don't get it totally from the bigger picture of things. Um, Tavares is now hated in New York. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you feel about that? I'd be upset, but also I'd be more upset at old management. Like, we, you didn't do anything to keep him here. I mean, you didn't do anything in terms of the product on the ice. You yeah. had him for, what, more than eight years? You had him for, like, ten years. Mm-hmm. And they won, what, they went to the playoffs once? They went to the playoffs maybe twice. And they won only one series, though. That whole time? Not yeah. once did you think we need to do a little bit more to, like, mm-hmm. while well, we got this guy? That'd be like if we had Tarasenko and we and we did the same thing. We beat the Hawks one yeah. time in the first round, then we never did anything. And then you're like, how could he leave? And be like, I know you're upset as a fan, and you should be, because you, you couldn't do anything. Uh-huh. But, like, I'd be pissed at Garth Snow, which they already are, so I don't know how much more pissed you can get. But, like, John Tavares didn't owe you anything to stay there right i mean i think i have a little bit of mixed emotions i from a fan's perspective you know i think the burning the jersey is childish and everything oh i always think that stuff's so dumb and and i'll admit when i was a like a freshman or sophomore in college albert full signed with the angels i had uh crappy like a beat up albert Pujols t-shirt that should have gone a long time ago and i threw it away and that was like my ceremony but i didn't (laughs) burn it you know and Mm -hmm. and and 
it's similar. So, like, we've as St. Louis baseball fans, we know what this is like with Albert Pujols leaving. I think in both those cases, maybe especially in this case, it seems like he drew it out for a long time. Yeah. And kind of did. toyed with the Islanders fans unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And maybe that maybe that could be improved, but it uh, like you said, it's not on him to you know, yeah. it's not on him to to appease them. I get them being angry. I'd be angry. Yeah. I and understand that. On the flip side, I'm going to I'm going to say something curmudgeonly and I'm sorry that it's curmudgeonly. It gets happier. It gets happier. We'll be very happy shortly. I I I get so sick of the goodbye letters to a town. Oh, they are Be- kind of overdone. Because like John, you left, you know? Like you could have stayed. Like if what you cared most about was New York and its fans and how much they meant to you, hmm. you could have stayed. Yeah. And I, you didn't stay. I'm not faulting you for that. Mm-hmm. But I just don't give me the letter that's like, oh, this was the hardest decision of my life. Yeah, I'm sure leave. it was a tough decision. Spare me the waterworks for a guy that's choosing where he gets to make eight figures to play a sport. You know, like yeah. I'm sure it was tough, but he doesn't even have like a wife and kids that he has to like figure out where they're going to live. I just like I, I get tired of that side of sports where it's like, well, I'm going to leave, but I have to feel very somber on the <laughs> way out. You know, it's like, just leave. Same with, you know, David Backus no, did that, it. That was the David Backus thing because, what, the sticking point was he one wanted year. one extra year. Yeah, and I was just We like, didn't give it to him. He left, and he's like, I am I love St. Louis. I'm, I'm like, well, then, then screw the year. Yeah, just stay exactly. here. That, and that's what's frustrating is like for, you know, and with Tavares, probably he had an extra year mm-hmm. in New York. On the table, obviously, because they offered him an eight-year extension, and it might have been for more. I could have seen them offering twelve. Mm-hmm. So fine, you know, and that's different than the Bacchus thing. But then, just don't pretend that it was like, okay, well, you know, it was right up. You know, I don't know. I don't. It just gets old. It just gets old. Like, what just a- move on. It's fine. They're the the letters not helping them now anyway. Yeah. They're angry. They're still burning stuff. <laughs> yeah, they've got rage in their So eyes. if the letter's for you, just write it and keep it private. You know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It gets me. It is a little sort of pat on the back. You Like, it was very hard. Like, okay, we get it. Yeah. The last thing I, I'm, I'm curious your take on is Elliot Friedman says... I don't like him. You don't like Elliot no, Friedman? No, I like Elliot okay. Friedman. Sorry. Elliot Friedman <laughs> said on Twitter uh, or in an interview that a GM told him they'd bet... Their house that Lou Lamorello will offer sheet a Toronto restricted free agent. Good. What do you think about this? I would love it. There needs to be more offer sheeting in this it's league. It's great. I get why people don't because it's sort of an honor thing. If you offer sheet someone and it works, or even if it doesn't work, you know, you just screw somebody and let's say Lou offers, um, I forget, like $8 million to Nylander. And then they get them, or maybe let's say the Maple Leafs match it, so the Maple Leafs keep them for eight million. Now the Maple Leafs are pissed, mm-hmm. and they're going to try and do something weird to the Islanders, you know, next time they can, or get some other team to do it for them. And so, yeah, I get why it's this weird, like, oh, un- unspoken rule that we could do this, but we won't. But like, just go wild with what it. What does Lamb got to lose at this? Oh, point? I mean, he should because it doesn't matter. He's seventy-five. Yeah. 
Who cares? And what did the Islanders have to lose? <laughs> it's like the Islanders are bottom of the barrel. I mean, best case scenario, they get a William Nylander, and he's like the best thing they've got now, mm-hmm. and they build around him. Worst case scenario, they gum up the works for Toronto. Mm-hmm. And and that's the one of the things is Kyle Dubas didn't take this into consideration. If Alex Nylander or Bill Nylander, I get the Nylanders confused, if William Nylander <laughs> gets offer sheeted at, let's say, nine per, nine million per year for the Islanders, he's got to decide whether he's leaving or staying. Or whether, you know, whether they're keeping Nylander and mm-hmm. paying him that much, and then they have to plan, you know, Matthews around that and Marner around that and then still build a defense and sign a goal, you know, all that stuff that we just talked about. Or they lose an integral part of their forward core going forward. Yeah. And, yeah, they get a bunch of picks, but they don't want picks at this point. You know, picks, they're past that point in the rebuild. I think that's the one reason, a big reason the Islanders probably wouldn't because they probably do need picks. Yeah. And so, like, getting Nylander would help a lot, but then it's like, eh. I don't, depending on what you offer him, obviously, there's, you know, different steps or scales where if you offer him this amount of money, you have to give up these picks. If you offer him this amount of money, you have to give up these picks. So Yeah, and there's too many question marks. I mean, Nylander doesn't have to sign the offer sheet. Yeah. But he might, you know, unless he's really <laughs> married to... Uh, Toronto, you know, if if somebody says, "Hey, we'll pay you nine million dollars for seven years," he'd be insane not to sign the thing. Yeah. And, and then, maybe he wants to play center somewhere, and he's yeah, not going to be doing it exactly. there. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's interesting, is all I'm saying. It's fun for drama. I like it like reality TV. It's like trashy, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, that'll be the big story of the year to follow. Let's run through really quickly and kind of a setup for what the Blues did, talking about how big and how many the moves the Blues made, what the other Central Division teams did yesterday. The Chicago Blackhawks signed Brandon Manning, a defenseman, for two years, $2.5 million, $2.25 million AAV. These are all AAVs, uh, unless I say so otherwise. Chris Kunitz for one year, $1 million, and Cam Ward as a goalie, as a backup to Cam Carl Cro- Corey Crawford. <laughs> Good God, Stephen. <laughs> One year, $3 million. The Chicago Blackhawks are, are circling the drain, folks. I love it. I don't see any other way to read this. They were terrible last year, and they've only sold pieces. They've added nothing. And I guess for them right now, the best option is, hey, let's hope last year was an anomaly. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't, then we got to go a whole totally different direction. you know. And I don't think they'll be as bad as they were last year, Corey Crawford. Yes, that was right this you time. Got it. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily going to miss the whole season, basically. True. But, but I was reading somebody say they were like, oh, well, if they do a little bit better, they're in the playoffs for sure. And I was like, no, I think they got a couple they of do steps a lot for the playoffs. Better, yeah. Uh, so not much there. Colorado, I would say, would be them and Dallas were the other big movers in the division. Uh, they signed Philip Grubauer three years, $3.35 million. That was a couple a week or so ago. We knew about that. But that's going to be their goalie for the foreseeable future. Uh, remains to be seen what they'll do with Barlamov. Uh, Ian Cole, as I was going to spoil earlier but didn't, signed <laughs> with the Colorado Avalanche for three years, $4.25 million. Boy, I don't know about that one. <laughs> it's three years. It's not the end of the world, but... It seems like a lot for Ian Cole. I know he's been great. He's been great since he left here. 
you know, and I mean, that deal is still fine. We got Bortuzzo. Mm-hmm. He's been fine and cost effective You're since he's been here, you know, but I don't know about that Joe deal. Sackett. Plus, according to our as correspondent, Jordan, they have a ton of defensive depth all of a sudden, and so who knows Why? what they're doing. Joe Sackett showing a little bit of crack in here. Who knows? Yeah, he made that one massive life career-saving move and then nothing else. And Matt Calvert, three years, $2.8 million per fine. Again, not not big, but in a world where Anton Roussel gets $12 million over four, fine. It's sure. fine. Uh, the Dallas Stars did a lot, I think, uh, including one sneaky move that could make them really dangerous next year. They signed old blue Roman Polak, and I do mean old blue, for one year, one point three million dollars they will open that door this season anton kudoba uh anton hudovan <laughs> the ba- erstwhile backup goaltender of the boston bruins uh signed for two years 2.5 million to back up ben bishop blake como a 30-ish 40-ish line winger third or fourth line winger <laughs> he's on the 40th line <laughs> he's that bad signed for three years at 2.4 million dollars per season and then the big sneaky one is they find they brought back after i think only a year away from the league maybe, maybe two, two valeri nichushkin uh who had gone to russia but had been a really impactful forward young forward for them before that for only two years at just under three million uh, I think that's a sneaky impact signing right there that could make them a really dangerous team. I'm very glad they didn't add John Tavares. It's a consolation prize at best in that in that <laughs> worldview. But um, yeah, but hey, it is what it is. Can you imagine if we'd been in the Tavares sweepstakes later on? Oh God! In hindsight, very I'm glad gross. we were out. Um, Minnesota signed a bunch of people, and we don't care about any of them. Eric Fair is there for a million dollars. Andrew Hammond's there to back up the milkman, not the milkman, uh, Dubnik, Devin Dubnik, Kemper's the milkman. Uh, Nick Sealer, their own RFA, signed for three years at seven twenty-five per. Matt Hendricks, Greg Patteron, JT Brown, Matt Bartkowski, and Mike Liambus all signed there. Good God. Eight. Eight, I think Some that's Some of these eight. people have to be on two-way contracts. Eight moves with a net improvement of your team of 2% at best. Because Man. you have to have a, a backup goalie, and you have to have a fourth-line center. They just grabbed, like, all the scraps. And Andrew Hammond might not even be the backup. He might be, like you said, a two-way guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that team, I, they're they're rebuilding as far as I'm concerned. I think they're in the same. They might be just a step above Vancouver and stuff and then below the Flyers and Calgary and though what are they doing? Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably about right. They're still a little dangerous right now. I'm surprised they haven't traded Eric Stahl yet. Mm. Who knows? Uh, Zach Ronaldo, Nashville Predators only move one year. We don't know the dollar amount. He's a fourth line grinder at best. Say goodbye to Robbie Fabry's third knee. There you Zachary go. Zach Ronaldo eats his it for lunch. Other first knee. Oh yeah, maybe his fresh <laughs> knee, which they had to take some of the tendon out or whatever no. to heal the other knee. No, Zach, take out his human knee. <laughs> <laughs> the 
You're going to say sweep the ankle. That's how Peter Laviolette talks. Nah, Zach. He's <laughs> been down in Nashville for too long. Exactly. Matt, uh, Winnipeg Jets sign, good Lord. Laurent Boissois, the goaltender, is a backup for one year 650. And Joe Morrow, their own RFA defenseman, one year $1 million. So, in total, the Central Division did very little. The Avalanche made some nice, if questionable, moves. The Stars made some nice moves. Neither of them huge impact, although I do really like bringing Nachushkin back for the Stars. Into this vacuum steps <laughs> Doug Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And what did Doug Armstrong do? Well, Doug Armstrong called up. Bot's baby. <laughs> he got I, Bot's baby on the line, and he said, "Bot's baby, do I have a deal for you? I'm gonna pay you that 7.5 million bonus for your boy Ryan O'Reilly, mm-hmm. and I'm only gonna give you Tage Thompson as any sort of prospect." And Jason Botterell said, "I don't understand." And he goes, "Then I'm gonna give you Vladimir Saboka and Patrick Berglund and." Botterill wanted to hang up the phone at this point. But then he said, Armstrong did, we're going to give you a first and a second. And Botterill said, okay, for some reason. I think it's because they were playing that Imagine Dragon song, Whatever It Takes. <laughs> and he said, whatever it takes, Doug. And he made that deal. Bot's Baby did. Yeah, I, Bot's Baby. What did you do? Hats off to Bots, baby. We'll get there. We'll get there. Because let's do it chronologically because we've got a, a roller coaster of emotions. No, I think we got to do Ryan O'Reilly first. Really? Yeah. You really think I'm so? I'm stepping in. We got to okay. do Ryan O'Reilly okay. first. Okay, you're the boss now. You take over. You do it. <laughs> it's, the, it's the big deal. I think it's the big deal because then we can explain how this slots into okay. the day. Okay. So, after the Blues have made other signings, mm-hmm. which chronologically occurred first but you don't get to hear about <laughs> for hours it's gonna be an hour of just the Ryan blues and blues fans are in kind of an indifferent malaise of in of indifference <laughs> an indifferent <laughs> malaise of indifference sitting around some of them were let's say cooking dinner paying no attention to the hockey world trying a new recipe that did not work. And <laughs> in this world, as you said so eloquently, Doug Army Armstrong calls up Bots Baby. <laughs> and he pulls off a trade that is just perfect. I mean, it's just perfect. And and originally I thought it was a fleecing, and I think it kind of is a fleecing of Jim Bottero. It's not. It's it. It's not a fleecing considering where they're at. Mm-hmm. It works for them. But considering what they should have gotten, pretty bad. Oh boy. So as you hinted at, maybe said straight up. The, you can say a little clearer than I did. The return for Ryan O'Reilly, it, it's going to sound like a lot. One first round pick next year is 2019. One second round pick three years out, 2021. Tage Thompson, the Blues' fourth best prospect for certain, and maybe mm-hmm. fifth behind Ville Huso. 
I'm not sure. I, I really don't know where he slots in technically. Maybe sixth maybe behind fifth. Dominic Bach. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe seventh behind Hugh McGain. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, and then the Buffalo Sabres get two valuable roster players in <laughs> Vladimir Savotka and Patrick Bergwin. Now, I actually think both of those players will mean more to Buffalo than they meant to St. Louis For in sure. the past year. They're not as much as as much as we want to say it. They're not useless. They're not nobodies. They're fine. They're fine. They're contributors in the third line. Patrick Bergwin missed a good chunk of the season, still scored 17 goals last year. They're fine. But it was time for them to go in St. Louis. And Bergwin specifically was on a contract that, oh, I don't know. And we got rid of that contract in a deal to get Ryan O'Reilly. I described this to someone, and I, I've gotten some pushback on this, and I'm oddly surprised about that, as a a five-run home run or a nine-point touchdown. <laughs> I, you could not have gotten Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, you know, we can sit here and dream up trades for mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly that would have been better, but you can't feasibly have gotten Ryan O'Reilly for less yeah, than this. I didn't think this was feasible. And P- I heard... I heard somebody say, and I don't, I don't agree with this, but I, I, I had somebody tell me today, well, they overpaid by about the price of a second-round pick. No. Nah. Because, first of all, it's not a second-round pick. It's a three-years-from-now second-round pick. And quite frankly, if you don't think uh, Doug friggin' Armstrong's going to find a way to make that up, you're out of your mind. It's going to come back. Mm-hmm. The first-round pick, I neglected to mention on purpose so I could dwell on this point, is top 10 protected. So if for whatever reason the wheels fall off this year, the Blues get to keep that pick. And I don't think there's a heavy compensation. I don't think it's like they get a conditional third if they have to take 2020's first round pick. I think they just get the next first round pick. Mm -hmm. Those two facts alone, the fact that it's a three-year out second round pick, which honestly is not that valuable. It's really not. It's so far out, and that player himself is an additional two or three years out at best for making an NHL player. So you're talking about a player who, best-case scenario, is in the NHL around 2023, at the end of the Ryan O'Reilly contract. And Doug Armstrong can replace that pick if he needs to. But on top of that, that second-round pick, as far as I'm concerned, that's compensation not as much for Ryan O'Reilly, but for making this what amounts to basically a cash-neutral deal. We have—I I didn't do the exact numbers. It's I think we gain cap space. 3.5 plus 3.5 is 7, right? One's above 3.5. Right, but the it's so it's 3.85. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little... And Tage Thompson's contract. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we gain cast space. But even if you just want to... Even if yeah. you just want to look at the two, point, two pieces we dropped. Yeah, you just round it off. That's almost exactly the same cap hit for Bergwin and Saboka as yeah. for O'Reilly. That's absurd. That's 
absurd that we got rid of both of those players in this deal. That is preposterous. It is such an assassin move by Doug Armstrong. And again, I don't think they're valueless. I want to stress this. It's not crap on Patrick Bergwin and Vladimir Savokal hour. But to get rid of both of those That's guys, I mean. the two most questionable contracts on our roster, except for guys that like Jay Bomeister expiring in the next year, and maybe Alex Steen, who's a whole different kettle of fish because He's still useful. He's still useful, and I don't want to. I don't want to say that last year is his future. You know, he was injured. He mm. who knows? You know, he's but that's a whole a different leader, question. So. Yeah, and he's a leader, and he's been here so long. You know, he's, he's so the he's, longest tenured. Yeah, now. I will not hear anything else. I've heard Petrangelo, and I've heard Allen, and I think it's both because of when they were drafted. No, Allen but for Steen's, sure not. Steen's been here the longest with the sweater yeah, on. Yeah, him. that's a hundred percent how you grade that. I like to think of this as because we got rid of Berglund and Saboka because we didn't want them anymore. This is essentially Ryan O'Reilly for Tage Thompson a first and a second. Yeah. Which is bonkers. Yeah. And it's straight bonkers. But it's, see, even that, even that I push back a little because I think there's value in getting rid of these two players. No, I agree. But that's what I'm saying is like the... If you just want to look at it that way, yeah, but at like, the worst, let's say, still yeah, pretty let's good. say they're totally neutral. It's not a net gain to get rid of them. Then, yeah, at the worst, it's those three pieces. three assets for Ryan O'Reilly, I, who is controlled at five, for five more years at seven point five million dollars. I heard some cap pushback where people are like, "That's a lot of money." The it, cap's going up. The cap is increasing buttloads. I think is the Gary <laughs> Bettman. I think Gary Bettman said, "Boy, oh boy, the cap is going buttloads up." Remind me to use those uh, lecision numbers because I mentioned them and we just never got back to them. But, yeah. It was informative. Um, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, I wrote an article for the Hockey Writers. I'm not trying to get you to go there. I'm just saying I did write this article. And can, you, can you put in a, a tooting horn? Toot my own horn. I'll can try you put in a to. tooting horn, horn sound bite? Yeah, Thank sure. You. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm going to snipe myself so hard. But no, I mean, I, I the article is just, a, it's an overview of his strengths and weaknesses. His weakness, biggest weakness is skating. He's not an especially great skater. Join the club on the same list. <laughs> um, and there's questions about his personality, which I've heard totally mixed reviews because I've heard people say Buffalo players say they loved him. I he think, had an A. I think the questions about his personality are more to do with bitter Sabres fans, honestly, who think he... And I'm not, you know, rightfully bitter Sabres fans. They've had it rough. But, I, you know, I heard people talk about, well, he didn't stand up under pressure. And it's like, what pressure? That's what I All thought. All he did was There's no, There was no pressure ever <laughs> there. What pressure cooker situation was he in in Buffalo? Exactly. I mean, it's... We can't lose 10 games in a row. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sure can. <laughs> I don't want to just crap on Buffalo, but and brighter times are ahead for that franchise for sure. That's why they're letting go of this guy. But like, how can you? You know, I I I could see this. It's not going to be the Braden Shen deal. I don't think he's going to take off like Braden Shen did. But like, I could see a very different player coming to St. Louis than Buffalo thinks they gave up. Mm -hmm. And if Ryan O'Reilly goes from being a sixty-five-ish point player to an 80-point player sandwiched between Vladimir Tarasenko, 
and or Robert Thomas as a winger, whatever they're going to do with him. We'll talk about that <laughs> at length in a little while. But I would that wouldn't be a surprise, and if that happens, this is just an embarrassing loss for the uh, Sabers. Mm-hmm. In ter- but it's not. Well, I mean, in, it's the, not because- in the sense that we did really well, not that it's something they should have held on let's, to, because he was never going to be right, that there. Let's flip it on their its head and say the Sabers, who are a team that is towards the apex of a rebuild, it's 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 time to start seeing results. I would say this season or next. Have Jack Eichel, Casey Middlestat, Rasmus Dahlin now as their young core, and no, I don't think any. I don't think any team, and I, I, I didn't crunch the exact numbers. Maybe Minnesota's in on the conversation, but I don't think any team will have more different players on their roster next year than the Sabers. Oh yeah, because they're going to have Dahlin. They're going to have Middlestat. Both of those guys are new. Now they're going to have Saboka. And Bergwin. They added Hutton. I don't think... Did we mention him in the... We didn't. I don't, I don't think, think so. we did. But they added Carter Hutton, three years, $3 million per. Happier for Carter than for anybody on earth. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a chance to be a starter. Great for him, seriously. Hope he blows the doors off the NHL. You'll never convince me it was bad for the boys to let him go. It was so good. Just mm. go prosper. Go and and do likewise, whatever. You know, but like <laughs> you know the saying. But they got Tage Thompson now. They got Tage Thompson. Ooh, they it have, sounds like they're going to use. I don't know all of them, but they have tons of good prospects. Um, Alex Nylander. Alex Nylander, you're correct. Uh, the real Alex Nylander, not the fake one that I keep mentioning in Toronto. Um, <laughs> they're ready for results there, and 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 they're going to get them pretty soon. And this. Yeah, but what are they going to be? And, and and one of the things, so I've been talking to uh, a fellow The Hockey Writers writer for Buffalo. Um, his name's Anthony Skiandra, and we hope to possibly have him on uh, the show sometime soon. Um, but uh, he's really excited about the deal, and he talks about they have prospects like uh, Asplund, Poo, I guess is how you pronounce it. It's no, just it's you. not. No, it's, it's not. It's just to you. How would you pronounce that? What's his name? Poo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what, uh, what's his first name? I don't know. He just wrote his last name, and it's P-U Poo. We're children. Oh okay. no. Okay. <laughs> I saw it. I laughed. I was like, I'm going to say this and be professional. And then it just fell apart. Uh, <laughs> Olafson, Thompson. Um, they just, they've got a lot. That's my point. They've got a yes. lot. Hutton's a nice stopgap. Allmark's supposed to be a uh, real great goaltender long Did Robin run. Leonard sign anywhere? Um, I don't think so. He hasn't yet, which Weird. we're going to talk about. Um uh, he says Ryan O'Reilly was a sad sack and just kind of a dark cloud in the locker room all season. I can see that being true without it being really a mark against him, in my opinion. You know, because yeah. how could you not be out Well, there? that's how I read the whole, like, you lost the love for the game. That's, uh-huh. like, the only nice way to say I don't want to be in Buffalo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And he says, you know, and not to question him because he's watched him a lot more than he does. He said he says he'll never be more than a fifty-five to sixty-point guy. I don't know that I buy that, but even if that's all he is, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, you know, point scoring is not his biggest strength. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 a team that's on the rise, and the big point he made is they now have three first-round picks next year, I think, and he wants them to flip one of those to get a top six forward. Um, and that makes sense. They're, they're about that right, about that time in their um, career. That's not the right. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it. I think it works for both teams. Mm-hmm. But it definitely works for the Blues. They did not have to give up any of the big three. And I will say Thompson was the one that I had the most question marks about. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that he's not going to have a great pro career. I hope he does. I really do. I have nothing. I hold nothing yeah. against him. His comments today, I know everybody read them. I don't think he was really sniping the blues. I think he was just talking about the honest frustration. And look, there was a time where Mike Yo publicly criticized Tage Thompson last year, and we all said that was kind of crappy and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I think he was just honestly expressing, hey, I was on a team with a lot of veterans that didn't have a clear role for me. Now I'm coming here. I'm going to be part of the team going yeah. forward. Well, think about what we did. How would that not excite you to be part of a Think about what we didn't you? have last year. We didn't have, like a solidified right wing for really the second or third line, but especially like the third line. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a rotation of bodies and we needed someone to produce like now yeah. because this front office never solved that issue last off season. Mm-hmm. So I do feel kind of bad for him. You kind of get put in a situation where like, Hey, you're whatever, 21. Mm-hmm. We really need you to produce at the NHL level right now. And it's like, well, I can't like, well, then we have someone else here to do it. Yeah. So I get the blues perspective, but I get his where it's like, I'd like, to have regular playing time just to see what I got, you yeah. know? But yeah, he also, and t- and t- with his time, didn't necessarily stand out. Tage had nice hands. He has a really good shot. He has a really good shot. I'm not convinced he's a great skater either. He's got to put some other he's stuff He's got to put size on, and I wouldn't be shocked. I Again, I'm not saying this is true. I'm a, a yeoman observer of hockey players at best. But Mike Yeoman, <laughs> exactly. But um, he could just end up being big. You know, he could be a Martin Hansel, where it's like he does some stuff well, but mm-hmm. his biggest attribute is his biggest attribute <laughs> that he's just big, and that plays. I mean, that has value in the NHL. It works. But um, of of the four of the big four, I always felt like it was. A big three that we were being kind about. And I always thought that was weird. Like, big four is really, like, should really be big two. And Costin's there, too. Yeah, you exactly. Know, in my mind. Um, Sporting News graded the trade an A for the Blues. They said, the cost wasn't cheap, but it's worth commending Armstrong for getting lottery protection that 2019 first rounder in case all goes south next season. Thompson fell behind Robert Thomas, a center. Uh, speedy winger Jordan Cairo in 2017 draft steal Quim Coaston in the Blues prospect pool and keeping all three blue chippers bumps this grade up to full marks. But they also gave the Sabres a B plus said all told it's a solid haul in exchange for O'Reilly. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. And I mm-hmm. think hindsight will tell. Uh, but Ryan O'Reilly, I could see really being reinvigorated on the phone with Doug Armstrong 
the first words he said pretty much were, let's go win a cup. He's excited. When was the last time Ryan O'Reilly played for a winning team? I don't think he won a lot in Colorado, and he certainly hasn't won at all yeah. in Buffalo. Was he on? Was he with Colorado when they were played that like crazy bonkers um, first the, first series against the Wild? I think they eventually ended up losing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that, I'm, my point is that's as close to winning I think as they ever got. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean, and that's about right, you know. And I don't think it's necessarily the Jay Bomeister where. Uh, he's always been on the worst teams. Yeah, where he's never made a playoff before, but yeah. he hasn't made a lot, and that revitalizes you, you know? And, and It's silly to think it doesn't. If you work in an office and you work with crappy people and you go to a new job and they're nicer and, like, just a better-run organization, you're happier to be there. Like, you know it. Don't BS me and tell me that this is, like, some weird thing where, like, he should just be happy wherever he is. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, I agree. Um... And, yeah, I mean, he said, it's another team that wants me. I've got a chance to go to a great city and great team, a team that's got a ton of good pieces, and they're trying to win right now, and that's what I want to be a part of. I, Dude. Cool. Wonderful. Do you have more to say about the trade in a vacuum, or should mm-hmm. we go on to the other things? The Blues... Thank you for indulging me. No, you're fine. I, you're probably right that it makes more sense that way. They made two depth signing. Brian Flynn, a 61.275 career games. He's played for Buffalo and Montreal. He did not play in the NHL last season. He's just an AHL body. Uh, Tyler Wertherspoon is a 13 goals and 42 assists with AHL Stockton Heat last year, which is great, but he's an AHL body too. He's a left-handed shot defenseman. He's only played 30 games in the NHL in his career, so... Fine, we need people for San Antonio. Yeah. We have a real AHL team. That's now. the thing. I was wondering when we we're going to do this because I'm like, we have a lot of prospects, but not like enough for a full like 23 man yeah, roster. Yeah, I'm sure I, I could see us trickling more guys kind yeah. of throughout the summer in that kind of role, especially if guys you know think they might get a shot with an NHL team and that falls through. True. Um, but then the two, let's do one other one out of the way. Chad Johnson. signed he's ostensibly the backup goalie we'll talk about that in a minute i have my questions i I think chad johnson will be here this year i have my questions about other things but (laughs) and i think he'll be the backup goalie so really nothing changes for chad johnson (laughs) chad johnson here he's (laughs) (laughs) He's a year 1.75 million dollars he had a brutal year last year 8.891 save percentage 3.55 goals against in 36 games it was horrendous but he played for buffalo uh and his career is 0.910 save percentage 2.65 goals against it's fine yeah, for a backup and considering that you're taking those 36 games out of that career it's pretty great mm-hmm. um mostly i think this is a move where it's like telling Billy so hey you have competition and or safety net yeah. you don't have to just be the nhl backup this year but you can fight for it situation not the same as what happened with brian elliott and ben bishop but not all that dissimilar um and it could be a situation where, you know, if, if Billy Huso just plays out of his mind, you maybe say, okay, you're the backup, and Chad Johnson, see you later. You know, <laughs> I don't think that's likely, but it's possible. Yeah. Um, the two forwards we signed, one very familiar and one uh, that I think we unnecessarily crapped on a little bit in the past, so we'll do a mea culpa there. Uh, but it makes light in light. It makes sense in light of everything. Yeah. Uh, the first one is our very own, our our our, our pride and joy. David Perron returns to St. Louis. He signs his for his third stint with the Blues. 
uh, a four-year, $16 million contract. For some reason, I joked a lot about us returning to Wells, and I didn't see this one coming, and it makes... So much sense, kind of. I think um, you mentioned it earlier on. That maybe we might, I did. Maybe yeah. like really early in the season. Um, he said, when I knew Army wanted me back, I wanted to go back there for sure. St. Louis is a great city I love. My heart's always been in St. Louis, and even when I played for another team. Aw. It's like we were just loaning them. I know. We did. We just Like we loaned them for those three or four years yeah, exactly. that they came back. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he talked about getting to play on the, the half wall on the power play a lot in Vegas instead of um, playing more centrally here. So that may be one thing we want to keep kind of in mind considering mm-hmm. how much success he had with the Golden Knights last year. Not that he wasn't before, but he's a right-handed shot, yeah. which is something we need. Yeah, exactly. We ha- He had a career year. Uh, 66 points last year. Um, I think he could have turned that into much more. And our friends over at The Athletic. <laughs> there you go. I remembered. <laughs> agree. Uh, the, the fellow with all the letters. Um, syphilis. Syphilis. Close enough. Gave David Perron a game score of 1.27. Decent score. Uh, ranked, um, let's see, seventh amongst available UFAs, but sixth if you throw out Joe Thornton, who wasn't ever leaving San Jose. Um, uh, 1.27, and they projected a contract for him at four years, $6.7 million. Now, I think that's a little high. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good indication of the fact that with a 66-point season last year, he could have gotten more than mm-hmm. $4 million a year, for sure. And he had offers from the Islanders, at least, and I bet they were for more money. He definitely could have been making over five easy. I think so. David Perron wants to come to St. Louis. And that we should... I don't. I don't want to be too sappy, but we should kind of treasure that in the in when John Tavares very publicly snubbed St. Louis, didn't even take a phone call. I'm not harboring resentment about that, but that kind of shows what the city and this team look like to an outsider. Our Timmy Panarin can't really pin it down whether it's a big city thing or not. It seems like it's not. That there didn't seem to be any traction there on a deal that you would have thought would have been very appealing for the Blues to explore. David Perron wants to play in St. Louis, and I honestly think we should appreciate that. I'm writing another article about it, Horn Toot. But, <laughs> um, you're only getting the one, though. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Time. It'd be overkill. Um, but uh, I'll just Horn Toot myself from now on. But in any case, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we know exactly what we're getting in David Perron. 40 to 50 points minimum. I mean, that's a solid floor. It's probably a ceiling, but it's a floor mm-hmm. as well. You're paying $4 million for that for four years. He's not going to be ancient by the end of it, and his game's not going to age terribly. He's responsible defensively for the most part. Which is pretty amazing. For the most part, his stupid penalties are in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. He's done that less. Yeah, that's the thing. Overall, I know we still want to stereotype it. That's what I mean. I think people just pinpoint it. If he takes one, it's typical for on. Yeah, and I mean, how many stupid penalties do anybody take? A lot, you know, but he's reliable. He's a middle six forward. You know exactly what you're getting. It wasn't inspiring in a Mm -hmm. vacuum. When it was the only move thus far in the day, 
it was, was kind of like, like eh, fine, fine, happy, whatever, cool. But I still thought to myself, like, I need more than this if that's it. But I assumed there was going to be more. And there was. The more was Tyler Bozak, the third best UFA center available, I would say. Got him. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> when somebody needs the third best, Doug Armstrong's there. <laughs> no, we love you, Doug. Please never leave us. <laughs> Tyler Bozak signs for three years, $15 million for an annual average value of $5 million. I should note, both of these guys have very limited no-trade clauses. I think one guy gets a five-team list, which is almost laughable. And I think <laughs> the other one just gets a 10. Um, Florida, Carolina, Arizona, um, Vancouver. Islanders. Islanders. <laughs> there, there you go. go. <laughs> um Greg Wyshynski gave this a B minus, but that was before the O'Reilly trade. Or maybe it was just a B. He said he's not the center that'll move the needle for the Blues. He's not even a suitable replacement for Stastny. But Bozak didn't cost the Blues the assets that others would have. So that's a win in a way. Very kind words for Greg <laughs> Wyshynski, as always. Uh, but again, that was in a vacuum before the O'Reilly trade. He actually had a Corsi 4 percentage of 53.33% last year. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He has uh, always been good at face-offs, which I think is one of the things we just totally overhauled on our team this year. He, he's won him at a 53.6 career mark. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah, um, just to mention, Ryan O'Reilly is like the best player at face-offs. Yeah, in like, the world. Period, like period, seriously. Bar none, yes, no question. The number one. That's cool. He's number That's one. That's pretty cool. He's number <laughs> one. Yeah, no, he really is. Uh, he's generally, Bozak's generally a 40 to 50 point player. He's had a couple of spikes. He's had a couple of valleys because of injury, but that's about where he's going to sit. And he says, from what I've heard, St. Louis is an unbelievable place to live. Great for kids and families. So we're really excited about that. He's a Sasky. He's from Saskatchewan. You know who told him that? Uh, the the Stasneys. Yeah. I was going to get there. Okay. But he's also from Saskatchewan, as are Braden Shin and Jaden Schwartz. So they're a big family. They're going to be aligned together. Mark it down. It's, I'm not marking it down, but it's possible. Mark it down. Um, I will not mark it down. We'll be honest. I'm, it's out there in public. We were not thrilled about this signing when it happened. Yeah. It seemed like such a cash-in-your-chips move. It's safe. It was safe. It was always safe. The term's not bad. Five million's never going to be unmovable. You ate a million of that. You can trade him for two years. You know, whatever. I'm not just... Had nothing else happen. Mm-hmm. Five million a year for three years for a guy that could possibly be more likely than not your second line center is pretty cheap mm-hmm. this day and age. So it's really not that bad. I think it's more the fact that he's in my mind, and I still think this like a discount Stasny, not as good defensively as Stasny, maybe a little more flashy offensively. I don't necessarily think that Stasny was bad offensively. He just was kind of quiet about it. I think Bozak's a little more a little more flashy in that sense. But I also think Bozak could be sort of like O'Reilly here, pushed up by the rest of this team, you know, held up by the rest of this team, has a little better better of a offensive season, better even possession numbers, even though he's got decent ones already, on a team that's better than or maybe just a little more, I should say, defensively sound than say the Toronto Maple Leafs are. Mm-hmm. So I think you could see a, what's his career here? His career year was 55 points. I, I could see around there. I'd put him at like 
I'll put him at like 50 this year, especially because he'll probably get power play time. He's another right-handed shot, so Lord knows he's going to be on the power play somewhere. So, yeah, I could see him doing better, even though I think he's still kind of a discount stat, isn't he? Which isn't really a knock on the guy. That's just kind of what he is. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I, it's what he is, but it's what was available, too. We we had to. This is before Ryan O'Reilly. We had to get a center. And That's how I was going to paint this before we had traded for Ryan O'Reilly, yeah. was he, Doug Armstrong did the two things we've said he needed to do. He needed to get a center and he needed to get another winger, like top six, top nine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he did both those things, even though they were kind of at the time sort of underwhelming. Didn't You know, you're like, well, whatever. They fit in the sense that they were going to keep this team afloat. Mm-hmm. And so as I sort of warmed up to them over the day, I was like, well, I don't think we're like a crazy good competitor cup-wise, but like we won't be a bad team. And maybe, yeah. and I think that's a make the playoff team, maybe not make any noise, but make the playoffs. But I think with the Ryan O'Reilly trade, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, a puzzle. It kind of shifts everything into the right spot. All of a sudden, Tyler Bozak doesn't necessarily have to be your second-line center if you want to play Braden Shen there. All of a sudden, David Perron could possibly be your right-winger on your third line or whatever. And so it turns into this weird, like, oh, this fits way better yeah. than what it was felt like it was going to be. Yeah. So, that I mean, that's what we had to talk about for the rest of the night, which, you know, however long we go on that. But, like, there is no... there. I. I will say this. It's bold, but I will say it. John Tavares, I don't think, changes the identity of the Toronto Maple Leafs as much as Doug Armstrong changed the identity of the St. Louis Blues this summer. John Tavares makes them possibly the most dynamic forward Mm -hmm. core in hockey, but they were already one of the most dynamic forward cores in hockey. Well, it feels like the Maple Leafs and John Tavares. Yeah, exactly. Not that he's tacked on, he's very important, but it's kind of like two things shoved together. Yes, uh, yeah, and, and that's kind of what I'm saying, and great. I mean, uh, you yeah, know, I, I questioned it a little before, they're going to be a dynamite team. Yeah, I'll take it. Awesome for them. Doug Armstrong took a team that missed the playoffs last year. Let's be honest, didn't really deserve the playoffs the year Over, before that. Yeah, overperformed the beginning of last year. And certainly, yeah, and certainly in the playoffs two years ago, stole a series they didn't deserve to win. Mm-hmm. And none of these moves are the sexiest move you can make. None of them are landing John Tavares. But you have a totally renovated, rehabilitated forward core, especially when you add in the fact that we keep kind of not mentioning is that Robert Thomas, the the discussion of how high, I mean, the way these guys talk about Robert Thomas, it's almost intimidating. I'm, I'm starting almost, to think it's absurd. It's almost frightening for them to talk about him as highly as they do with uh-huh. just no reservation. It's not like... There's none of the, well, we'll see. Time will tell. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a little bit of the, like, best case scenario talk, but there's none of the, like, well, we don't want to, I mean, they say don't put pressure on him, but it's mm-hmm. like, we don't want to raise expectations for this kid. The expectations are there. They say not raise expectations a lot, which is like, okay, so what's your expectation? Yeah. Because you're, you're really trying to this temper team- us holds it, its cards closer to the vest than some. Mm-hmm. And they are just 
bonkers on Robert Thomas. I mean, just bonkers on him. And, and, and so when you're talking about, when Doug Armstrong is talking to people publicly, in public interviews, he's talking about maybe by Christmas Robert Thomas centers a line of Vladimir Tarasenko and Brian O'Reilly. That is insane. Yeah, my brain's kind of like, that I don't get it. That is incomprehensible. And, and, and I, t- I talked to Jordan because, it, uh, honestly, that's so awesome, but intimidating that it made me kind of wonder we're going to trade for Ryan O'Reilly and then move him to the wing. I talked to Jordan about his experience with O'Reilly, his close personal friend. <laughs> and and he talked about how there were times where I think it was Duchesne and O'Reilly would play on a line and they would have O'Reilly take the face off mm-hmm. and then they'd just kind of circle around each other so that for the rest of the play, O'Reilly was on the wing and Thomas... Or, Duchesne, I'm getting a little out of myself, was at center. Yeah. Uh, but he also said that O'Reilly's best year points wise was playing wing for Duchesne. And and I, you know, I didn't I didn't double check the number. Uh but yeah, I mean I think I don't know. It's just insane. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about a prospect that way. I think Jordan Kyrie's got a, a strong chance to make the roster. Mm. There's I, I don't know. I mean, we were talking, what was it, Thursday of last mm-hmm. week, the day before? Not the day before, a couple of days before the the opening of free agency about how many holes this team has. Mm-hmm. We still have some of those. We'll talk about them in a minute. But our forward group is stacked now. Schwartz, Shin, Tarasenko. Long term, I think those guys end up as wingers, personally. I mean, well, two of them, definitely. <laughs> I think of this group of guys, Shin, most likely to move to the wing. Yeah. Because that's where, he, I mean, he's played a lot of his career, and as good as he was last year playing in a center role, he still wasn't really a center player. Yeah. But even if they want to not mess up the chemistry of how well Schwartz and Shin do together as center and wing, there's so many options, and you have... A, I love no that. question top six now. And it, even if even if it's like eight mm-hmm. and two of them are the middle three, you know, if, it, if it's two lines, you know what I'm trying to say. There's a top line, then there's a second line with two top six forwards mm-hmm. and a, a part, a, you know, not a part, but, you know, an Alex Dean or a... You've got eight players Robbie to fit Fabric, in your top whoever. six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you have a third line that has two top six guys, yeah. arguably, you know. It's really good, and and I don't remember the last time, you know, even the last year Backus and Brower were here. I don't know that our forward group looked this good overall. Yeah, and there's question marks there too. Some of which are still here, but for different reasons. Yeah. but like you didn't know what Robbie Fabry was going to do that year. Because so, how do we project this? Lines cup win subject to change. <laughs> no, but just like the roster. Yeah, let's talk about for the for the first. Let's let's. You know, let's to hedge our bets. Let's slot in Robert Thomas as a third line center. Certainly, okay. that's probably where he so, starts, right? You have some like, drawn yeah. up already. Okay, so these would be my lines on October sixth. On, on yeah, day one against Winnipeg. Winnipeg. We'll see. Uh, It'll be put to the test right, the <laughs> right away. Ryan O'Reilly has lost the will for to live. <laughs> <laughs> he has lost his heart for the game immediately. Uh, um, I think 
you could start He's with... He's not prepared for how hard this division yeah, is. Yeah, he goes, oh, no. He goes, I was used to just rolling this over. This is like the same, but worse in a different way. <laughs> I think a first line of Schwartz, O'Reilly, and Shen. Then you could do Steam, Bozak, Tarasenko. I put Bozak and Tarasenko together because Bozak had some really good years in Toronto of centering Kessel. And I think there's a lot... I think there's actually... This weird thing, and we can talk about it for a long time later, too, where I don't think Tarasenko, as much as everyone says, he needs a center. We need someone that's looking to get him the puck, but that dude creates a lot, like, on his own. He's not just sitting and, like, waiting for it, if that makes sense. What? And I think Kessel's a lot of this, a lot the same. He's very much in the same way. And I think Tarasenko, this is a weird backhanded compliment, but he's, we've talked in the past, he's almost too friendly. Mm-hmm. And if he's on a line with... Steen and Bozak, I don't think he's going to be as worried about, like, let's share the puck, because Jaden Schwartz can do a lot of good mm-hmm. things. Not that those guys can't do a lot of good things, but I I wonder if it's almost better for him to be on the line where it's like, okay, You're the dude. I'm the guy on this line. That's why I like I'm that I'm pulling too. guys up with me rather than trying to play down on their level. Mm-hmm. I think Bozak can keep up with them, too. Flip side, I don't know where I want to put this, so let me just interject here. If it ends up Robert Thomas, Ryan mm-hmm. O'Reilly, and Vladimir Tarasenko... I could see Vladimir Tarasenko scoring 50 goals this year. I thought I thought about if Robert Thomas is sending those two. I'm what if those two I'm have career years? Slapping and it's it like, on the table. What's happening? You've got two great centers basically as your line mates. You're gonna control the puck the oh. whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> because those guys don't lose it. You know, you're gonna win all the faceoffs. I mean, I could, I could, I could see it. I don't know. I could see it. That's a a dynamite, incredible line to think mm-hmm. about. Sorry, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Right, lines. So Sh- Steen, Bozak, Tarasenko yeah. is your second, second line. line. So then Fabry, who's you know supposedly healthy? Question mark. Question we, mark. We'll talk about it. Yeah, Fabry, Thomas, Perron. I I do think a Thomas Perron thing is mm. like not. Mm. I don't think that's bad. I know Perron's not necessarily as much of a score as maybe he was projected to be when he was younger. Did we but, talk about, too, how both of the free agents we signed are right-handed shots? Which we did, we, we did desperately with, needed. We did with Perron, but, uh, yeah, Bozak's righty, too. Is Thomas, he's a lefty, right? No, t- oh, or is he righty? You, you might, man, I don't remember. We'll find out. Anyways. Um, I'll look it up. But I think Thomas centering Perron, Perron's like a good, I don't know, it's weird to say, a veteran presence, a good two-way guy. Uh, I think if you're going to have Thomas in kind of a protected sort of role on a third line, you want guys like that. And I think Fabry would be good too because that was another thing. I was like, if Fabry is, let's just say, what's he? Sorry, no, I had a totally separate thought. You finish your thought. If Fabry comes back to even just being like 75% of what he was, Uh but he has Robert Thomas like a legit center there. Like, Robbie Fabry could do some damage. Robert Thomas is a righty, too. Oh, man. We got three righties, like new righties, when we had, like, none last year. Oh, brain is crying. (laughs) Here's the question I wanted to interject with. How long do you think it takes before the Google search Robert Thomas returns hockey Robert Thomas without being prompted? (laughs) Because I'm going to say it's under two and a half years Hall of Famer. That's, That's... that's my bar. If it's under two and a half years, yes. he's a Hall of Famer. Uh huh. That's my yeah, bar. That seems pretty fair. <laughs> I'd almost feel kind of bad for Matchbox Twenty Robert Thomas. He's had plenty. You, Google, you've had your chance. If Google wants to push him around, they will. <laughs> they will. <laughs> <laughs> and then a 
fourth line of. Oh ice. my god! We, when, when we talked yeah. about the meme economy of this team, we didn't even talk about Robert, Robert Thomas. Tom, you're right. That's right. Oh you've my got, lord! You got the Ryan O'Reilly factor. You've got Bozak Horseman. <laughs> you've got acclaimed singer songwriter Rob Thomas <laughs> of Matchbox Twenty. Oh my God! Everything you and got, just jazz. You got Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson. Wow, these are all new. Oh my lord! Just Jaskin. Oh my lord! It's blues, hire us. Everything's Bl- coming up. Blues, <laughs> just hire us. At least make us social media influencers. We've got, Come on, we've got a pulse. On We're what the generally kids like. positive, right? <laughs> kids like Fortnite. And Mountain Dew. <laughs> and Matchbox 20. And Matchbox 20. <laughs> the big three for teenagers <laughs> these the, That's what the kids like. Oh, my Lord. So, okay. Yeah, Sashnikov Barbershop. Repeat your third line Jasky. in case oh. we got Schwartz. Or no, sorry. Fabry. Fabry Thomas. Thomas. Perron. Perron. Oh, my God. Fourth line, Sashnikov Barbershop. Two days ago, Jasky. if I told you that was going to be the third line, you would have just lost your mind. You would have thought, uh, we're going to sign David Perron and he's going to be... Such an insignificant signing that he's a guaranteed third liner. Mm. Good Lord. Okay, so should we talk about the question marks that remain? Or should we just yes. bask in it for a no, while? No, the only longer? thing I want to bask in more is uh, I think this power play got... I'm literally so, tearing up a little bit. Like, I'm just laughed so hard and I'm so excited. Yeah. It's just a little moistness, you know? Think about the power play. Oh. Just think about the power. First of all, my first request. Here's a Make question. Make groaning cry. New PowerPoint song. What's it going to be? No, not that. For this theme. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Steen needs to be off the point. I'm done with it. We've been we done with it. We should have been done with it like two years ago. Seasons. Um, oh, Alex. But, but I mean, you don't even have to toss. What's funny is you can put Robert Thomas out there if he's looking really good, but you don't have to, and it's still a good power play. You know what's great about this setup, too? I was dreading having Alex Steen on this team next year, be- only because I was like, oh, that contract could be bad, and if he's nothing, yeah. Then it's real bad, and then there's no coming back, and you just buy it out or whatever. Now I'm like, oh, what if Alex Steen was, like, great again? Or, like, even just good again, you know? Like, what if he was just healthy and fine next season? Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it's turned around for me. Everything about this team, in my mind, just 180 degrees with the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Because you cut, I mean, that's what's so sexy about it, is you trimmed fat Mm-hmm. As you added top line impact player, yeah. you know. Well, that's why I was thinking with the power plays we had like Saboka and Berglund on the second line or in the second pairing. Gone, uh-huh. gone. They're gone. It's addition by subtraction. You no longer have those two guys just sitting on the second power play. Yeah, you've got somebody like Bozak, or you've got somebody like Fabry, or you've got somebody like Thomas that will all be there. Here's the other thing, by the way. I am. You mentioned it first. Mike Yo, he sh- Armstrong's talked about how excited he is to get all yeah. these players, and I'm sure he is, but he should be a little nervous too. Because if the yeah. power play sucks again next year, and this team underperforms, he's got to be going. Well, let's move. Let's move into question marks. Okay. Then. Okay. Let's move into question marks. We'll bask more. We'll have a ditty here about question marks. No, we won't. We have no. Doodly doo doo doo. There you go. There's That's Mike what you Giddy. got. Uh, Mike Yo, you want to start there since we were already yeah. talking about it. I don't know if Mike Yo 
is a good hockey coach. Can Mike Yo handle this team? Or an acceptable <laughs> hockey coach, or just a bad hockey coach. I think he's probably a really likable guy. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I'm not writing him off yet. He sips a mean water. He sips a mean water. He bumps a mean fist when he's happy. I think I he's so much better. Just I mean, he's not a better coach, obviously, but he's <laughs> so much less toxic than Ken Hitchcock. I'd much rather just have Mike Yo as our coach. Yeah. Because I'm not just miserable watching him in <laughs> defeat. Like, I'm like, okay. He, he'll be honest, but it's not just like... You didn't have to watch... Yeah, you didn't have to watch... Visual cues for our podcast listeners. Yeah, you didn't have to watch us get scored on. Watch Ken Hitchcock mouth fuck me to himself. <laughs> and then have to be angry. Like, you're already angry that you got scored on. Then you watch Ken Hitchcock do that and be like, shut up. I'm so sick of you. Yeah. So... Good things for Mike Yo. Yeah. Young, up and coming theoretically. <laughs> Maybe that's a stretch, but he's young. You know, he's got room to grow. Although these are all things people say about Mike Matheny. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried. We're we're worried. You said you were worried first. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. But I think. If he doesn't work this year, hmm. easy to move on. I don't know how long his contract is, but not much longer, I yeah. wouldn't think. He's blank slate-ish in the sense that... He's a I true neutral going into the season. I don't think he like was necessarily the problem with this team last no. year. I don't think he really did anything that like helped the team overly. No. So if this team... It sounds mean because we just said he's like a neutral, but it's like... If the team can just kind of win in spite of him, you know, he's just kind of there and the team just pushes forward and he puts together a decent, you know, attack strategy, you know, shoot the puck at the net. We're, we're probably fine. But if he does some weird stuff on the power play or it gets kind of, I don't know. I'm afraid of it getting overly defensive. I'm afraid of I'm him afraid getting... they look at Ryan O'Reilly and go, this guy's going to play crazy defense for us. We're like, yeah. oh, no. I'm afraid of him getting panicky, too, a little bit. Like, yeah. oh, things didn't go right. I got to switch it fast. Here's what turns me on this guy. You do, don't. And I would hope that he's sandwiched between player a player pushback and Doug Armstrong pushback because, I mean, he pretty much just reports to that guy anyways. There's no, like, Robert Thomas had, like, an okay-ish game or it was like, kind of a wonky learning game for him after 10 games of good stuff. And they're like, yeah. well, Robert, you're going to center, like, the fourth line. Robert, we need you to sit down and really think about it. I, I don't know. This guy seems like enough of a prospect that you just let him play through the warts, man. Yeah. Like, I get, I get you sitting down if they look tired as hell because they're, like, a 19-year-old child. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. But if it's, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm trying to say, like, I don't want them to mishandle prospects. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if Tage Thompson was because they were really trying for a different thing. They were really trying to push this team that really had no business pushing for the playoffs. So maybe with this team feeling a little different and the fact that we need that third line center, there's not going to be this weird mishandling of Robert Thomas because, like, he has to be there. He has to play that position because we don't have someone else to, you know? Mm-hmm. So in that light, I kind of like that because they're he'll if he earns the spot, they give him the reign sort of. Yeah. I like that, but then I'm kind of worried. I'm not worried, but I guess it's if Jordan Cairo makes this team, I want him to play well. I want him to earn the spot, but I also don't want them to, like, be gun-shy in the minute he makes a mistake. He's off the field. Mm-hmm. Very, I don't watch baseball. Is that very Mike Matheny? Isn't it very like, ooh, a young guy made a mistake? Oh, for sure, here. yeah. That's, and 
Flip side. Yeah. Veterans. Make it with nothing. Nothing. Just nothing. I get the, like, I totally get the Which mindset. Which was not a problem with Ken Hitchcock. Veterans that get chewed out just as much yeah. as kids. <laughs> Alex Steen hated <laughs> I get the mindset of it because you want, you just want to win. You want to win and you need these players playing in roles where they're succeeding and you don't really have the time necessarily, as I think Doug Armstrong said, it's not the best league to learn in the NHL but at the same time you kind of have to bear with some people that are a bit younger and not you know yank them around a bunch Mm -hmm. so that would be my only that's my only real concern with Mike Yo and it's not even real because I don't necessarily know that he's done it yet I just hope that they don't yeah and and look I'm not going in with a negative attitude about Mike Yo no it's it's like I said true neutral (laughs) I know nothing Mike Yo and he has he has every ability I think he's likable so he has every ability to win me over Mm-hmm. We were red hot on him when he replaced Ken Hitchcock. I would have so, been red hot with a sack of dirt. Well, sure, but you know what? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Um, so and and I don't think it's hard if if he doesn't work out gangbusters next year. I think he's the first thing to go. Not you got to, that Van Ryan guy. Not to be those. hard on him, but you know what I'm saying. Like you can replace him real quick. He sucks. No. <laughs> um, Defense, I would not a question mark as it stands. You've got a top two pairings of talk about a thing we don't talk about or haven't talked about in forever, just because there hasn't been any changes. Defense, that oh, made, like, oh the okay. I was like, what am I missing? Yeah, you top two pairings: Petrangelo, Edmondson, Pareko, Dunn, Dunn, and Pareko. I think separate lines for your power play. Flip. Oh yeah. Flip the pairings. I think yeah. Dunn, Petrangelo, Edmondson, Pareko. Both be uh, quarterbacks. That could be great. I mean, that has every reason to be great, and then you just cobble together a third line. I mean, not, but those those two lines are going to play forty five ish minutes a game. So I wonder you if have yeah. Bortuzzo, Schmaltz, Wallman. Uh, what's the Swedish guy's name? Gunnarsson. No, the healthy Swedish guy, Limbo. Yeah, if he's healthy, um, Reinke, and then Gunnarsson and Bomeister, depending on their health, all could play third line roles. So. Yeah. No, I have as as it's constructed. No questions about the defense. We'll just see how they deploy them. I, and I'm not I'm not going down this road at all because it's too much to add to this. But here Colton he goes. Pareko's name still in the rumor mill. That obviously changes things massively if he gets dealt. But I think it's dramatically unlikely overall. If you get a wow, if you get a wow offer, you got to look at it. Yeah, and that and we talked about it on Twitter today. We'll talk about it more. When he's traded. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, I mean, that is an area of depth that if the right move comes along, you could trade out of, but you would create a little hole. So it's not exactly depth. It's just extravagant surplus of, of mm-hmm. top four. You know, that's an incredible top four. So moving on from that, the one thing. The biggest question mark. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it. People don't talk about it, but let's talk about <laughs> People it. People don't talk about it? Oh. <laughs> Jake, look, I'm not even just Jake Allen. It, Chad Johnson. <laughs> I, I want to post this how I've been thinking about it so that I can be honest about this whole picture. It seems weird to me that we would do all this for this team and then enter next season with a goaltending tandem 
of Jake Allen and Chad Johnson. I think Chad Johnson is perfectly capable to be an NHL backup. Mm. I do not necessarily think he's capable, as we've joked about several times, to be an NHL starter for a month and a half when Jake Allen goes to the nether realm or the dark <laughs> places or the shadow region or Mordor, Mordor. wherever it is they travel. <laughs> Jake Allen, we all know the story. I'm not going to dwell on it. Incredible athleticism. Is there more there? I'm not convinced there is. And if there's not a mental side there, he's not cut out to be a goalie. We talked about it funny last week. Mm. You said it, you summarized it really well last week, so we don't need to retread that ground. But I know, I don't just think, I know Doug Armstrong is not really comfortable with Jake Allen being the goaltender next year. I know that. It's 100% true. Uh, for a couple reasons. One reason, I think, is he wants Billy Huso maybe to be a backup, and he's certainly not comfortable with Billy Huso backup, backing up Jake Allen yeah, and having not. to be thrust into yeah. 40 games in his first season. I would be very surprised. Don't let me forget there's one other person we need to talk about mm-hmm. before this podcast is over, but... I I don't know. I don't want to say I'd be very surprised if we go into this if we go into the 2018-19 season with the team we have constructed right now. It's a massive overhaul and there's no real room for complaint mm-hmm. there. But I would let me say it this way, I would not at all be surprised to see decisive action taken with the goaltending situation. I think there are teams out there who aren't as ready to win now as you are, especially after all these moves you made, who are better positioned to take the upside play on a guy like Jake Allen and say maybe maybe he comes to Edmonton and they say, hey, we're building, we want to be competitive now, but we don't have the total core in place and Connor McDavid's still probably only 13. We can take a risk on Jake Allen. We can let go of Cam Talbot, who I think is a UFA after this season. And we can give it a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe... Poor Edmonton. Maybe Columbus says, hey, Sergei Bobrovsky, great goalie, going to take way too much money to re-sign. We have Jonas Corposalo, I think is his name. He's ready to be an NHL starter slash backup but maybe instead of one year for a guy to like kind of be his guardian there we'd like a couple years maybe Mm. jake allen plus some stuff gets you bobrovsky and you get to have that and decide if you want to re-sign it or start fresh maybe there's a team that'll just take jake allen and you're just more comfortable with robin lanier and you you know that probably the highs aren't as high but Probably the bottom line is a lot steadier. I don't know. I'm not, unfortunately, capable of making that decision because I'd really like this decision <laughs> made. But I, all I'm saying, I'll, I'll let you speak, I, I swear. But all I'm saying is it would be bizarre to me if the Blues had done all this and were then just like, okay, well, 
still total question mark in that. Because I'm sorry, that's what it is. I know there are fans who are more generous than me that want to say Jake Allen was a really good goaltender who had a couple of bad stretches. I think he's an up-and-down goaltender whose lows are much worse than his highs are good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the real question. I mean, are the high, despite the one incredible high of what he did against the Wild, and arguably you want to say the second half, the second, not the second half, the third mm-hmm. trimester of that season. He was born. He was really great. Mm-hmm. But did you say he was born in the third trimester? You're welcome. Uh, thank you. I thought you said he was boring, and I was like, I mean, he was pretty good. But <laughs> no, I mean, he was really good. But I just, I, I think it's more likely than not that he doesn't play well for an entire season. I think we have too much evidence to suggest that he's just going to not, he's just going to fall apart at some point. And if that happens again here, as we've said in the past, it's done. And then you just have Jake Allen and nobody takes him at that point. So do you shoot your shot now? Oh, yes, you have to. Okay, so why don't you start talking now, since I haven't shut up for 10 minutes. I, it's a coin flip. Either his value becomes increasingly great, in which you can move him, I guess, because he has a good season this year, or he does the same thing he did last year. and Or he does like a minor, like just a little bit better, which is like, well, that's enough for the playoffs. I'm like, that's not, I, I don't know. I think if he screws up, goes a little mental earlier in the season this year mm-hmm. before December I think you I don't know you just have him ride the pine or you try or you trade him for picks or something you just get him out of trade here trade him for nothing because I trade him for nothing because you can't and I know you can sit with him for a year and just struggle with him again because you have guys on contracts that last a long time but you also kind of don't we talked about Petrangelo staying here and he probably will but, like, he's got two more years in his contract. Don't waste a year. Like, just don't waste a year of these guys' time. That's how I view it. I'm like, you're wasting a year of these guys' time, uh, not to be all uppity, but the fans' time. It's just like, don't... I don't... What you were talking about earlier when you said that he... Some people would paint it as, like, oh, he had, you know, he had some rough stretches, but he also had some good parts. That's a coin flip. That's what that <laughs> right. is. You just yeah. described a coin flip. Like, he's 50-50. That's not what you want in a goalie. I'm yeah. not again. I'm not asking for the world. I'm not asking for a Carey Price goalie. I'm asking for a dude that sits at like a nine one five. Legitimately, Robin Lanier. Yeah, it's fine. If we found a way to get rid of uh, Jake Allen and get Robin Lanier, similar career stats but steadier. Yeah, and that's fine. I I mean that and people are gonna disagree with this take, yeah. and that's fine. I get it, and you're welcome to hit us up on Twitter. At two guys, follow us. <laughs> Yell at us. Please scream at us. We love it so much. But I, I do not want highest highs, lowest lows in goalie. I just want steady. Just some dude. If there's a dude back there who's gonna give up three a lot of nights, but isn't gonna give up four very many nights, mm-hmm. great, because you can live with that with this forward group and this defense. This defense doesn't give up a lot of quality scoring Mm -hmm. chances. They weren't as good last year as they should have been on paper, but they'll sort that out. And part of that was because they knew that if they gave up a quality scoring chances, it was a goal. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I think is so silly. People are like, well, they they don't play well in front of Jake Allen. Like that's like like it's a bad thing against the team. But of course you wouldn't because the minute you make a mistake, you make a personal mistake. It's in the back of the net because you can't count on the and guy. And that's like yeah. So no last, wonder you're nervous. Last year, with the benefit of hindsight, it seems so stupid because last year we talked so much about like the team's great in front of Carter Hutton mm-hmm. and the team's bad in front of Jake Allen. Of course they were because Jake Allen gives you no. Confidence and Carter Hutton was just fine. I mean, he was better, much better than fine last year, mm. but you know what I'm saying? Like, he was just, you knew you were safe. Like, mm. you could make a mistake and there was somebody back there. And that's the, the, the thing about how Allen played for large chunks of the last season is it wasn't just, okay, I made one mistake and one goal is in the net. It's, oh, I made one mistake, one goal is in the net, and now our goaltender is broken. Yeah, the next week is going to be rough right. for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't, you know, it was, okay, I made one mistake, and now four goals yeah. are in the net, you know? I, I understand that this team, like, scored very little last year. I think it's been... Addressed well as much, as, yeah, and addressed as much as it can be as far as like acquisitions. Uh-huh. But I think there were also times when, I mean, we just talked about it, where Jake Allen wasn't that good, and I think you just have to look at every option to improve at that point. We had question marks at center and wing a little bit, like second line. Mm-hmm. We've addressed that. Goaltending is now our biggest question mark. I think there's a few little ones. You know, is Robbie Fabry gonna be able to bounce back? Um, you know, maybe do we go get another free agent acquisition or whatever? Just to we'll f- talk about it in a sec for insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does defense just improve generally? Because it was like we you mentioned as a little lackluster last year. But yeah. But Jake Allen's like the big question mark. He still is, and I think it's and the and fact that he still is, is after where that you much can't time. Afford to have a question yeah. mark. You can have like a question mark as like your so second. How old is Jake Allen? Pairing. He's about he's twenty six or seven now, right? Yeah, he's getting closer. I think he's like twenty eight, maybe. So he's if, older than I think. Yeah. But goalies always years. goalies always tend to be. I mean, because they take longer. They take the longest to develop. I'm googling it now. We'll it's, have an We're googling. Shortly. But if Jake, so he's 27. He'll okay. be 28 when the season starts. Yeah. He's 28 on August 7th. The, there's not the ceiling is low. Not, not low, but like the idea that he's. We gonna, know what it is. Right. The idea that he's gonna. Overcome his mental issues and be your top five, top ten in the league goaltender of the future. I don't think that's there anymore. You know, I know goalies take a long time to develop, but they don't take until 28 to figure out who they are. We've figured out who he is. Mm -hmm. He's really athletic. The mental game isn't strong. And he's going to just straight up lose you games from time to time. And sometimes those times to time can snowball. Mm-hmm. And really be a problem, and that's not a goal that you can afford to have on a championship team. That's what always bugs me is he's I a, think people admit that he's like, oh, he's just okayish. Uh-huh. But like we're this team does have somewhat of a direction, especially now. We're moving forward. We're trying to get better. This is not like a team that's trying to coast with something. Uh-huh. And we have everyone moving in one direction, and then Jake Allen just kind of flatlining. Yeah, and it's like. We need the, the person that's going to move with us. And, right. I don't, and like and you mentioned, it's not, I don't think it's him. Let's put it in perspective just because these are the players that happen to pop up when I as also search. Alex <laughs> Petrangelo, 28 years old. 
Do we think of Alex Petrangelo as a young up-and-comer who's trying to figure out his game? I mean, he's very, very good. But even if he wasn't, would we still be thinking of Alex Petrangelo as like a young up-and-comer who's trying to figure out his game? Are people looking at uh, what's the giant guy that Buffalo got from the trade with Evander Kane? Bogosian? Bogosian, yeah. Mm-hmm. People looking at Zach Bogosian still, who I think was drafted the same year as Petrangelo. As one of, one Petrangelo is like, oh, he might still be a fourth overall pick quality guy. No, no, it's not. He's fine. Mm-hmm. But things, no. James Neal, 30 years old. That's a, a number of years older, but are people looking at James Neal as, well, what might he be? No, they're looking at him as he just signed a last big contract that will oversee the sunset of his career. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom for Jake Allen, but let's stop saying, well, he's going to figure it out. And then, boy, oh boy, we've got our goalie for the next 15 years. It's interesting because there's people that talk about not wanting to wait with this franchise. Mm-hmm. They're so tired of waiting on the Blues. But there will also be the same people that are like, we got to give Jake Allen a chance. I'm like, oh my goodness, and, I don't think so. And then anymore. the other, the flip side of that coin is if Hugh says everything he's supposed to be, Jake Allen's not the goalie of the future anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you already so have another guy. So why are we biding our time? Trying to make this guy the goalie of the future. I think at this point, front office wise, they're they're like you mentioned, they're trying to get rid of him. And that's why I'm saying, and we can stop talking about this because I don't want to beat a dead horse. But I don't think he's here next year. I I don't want to like falsely inflate my own or anyone else's hopes. But it would be bizarre to me if you make all these moves, renovate your roster. Say we're building for the future, but also are ready to go on all cylinders right now. I mean, this team, with its forward group, with its defense, should be deep into the second round of the playoffs, I would say. I'm not trying to, I'm, you know, at least through the first round. Yeah, I'd say they have to get through the first round. Our our but, blues expectations are so low. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like, uh, but like, not trying yeah. to pump the tires no, and I just gotcha. say that it's all going to gel right away. And Robert no, Thomas I, is no, going to be a god, yes. you know. And that's even with Jake Allen right now. So why? Uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all I want to say. How can you go into that year and think we'll just let Jake Allen figure mm-hmm. things out? Because that's the thing. Even if he figures things out, you're going into the year with a question mark there. Mm-hmm. Can you accept that with everything else you've done? I can't, comfortably, personally. And I don't think Doug Armstrong's inclined to. And that's why I'd be kind of surprised if he's here next year. The other question mark that has something to do maybe with this, I don't think the Blues are done. I don't really believe Robbie Fabry's here next year. He's being talked about so nebulously and weirdly, and Doug Armstrong only talks about him if somebody asks him about him, and then he says all systems are go and he's ready to play hockey mm-hmm. like any other NHL player, but then he like leaves it at that, and when he talks about dream lineups, he doesn't talk about Robbie Favre. I, I think if I could see a deal where you package those two guys and maybe another rostery guy, like a... You know, a, a Yaskin, a guy who's... A Sunquist. A, a Sunquist, a guy who's a hand, like a decent hand, similar to Bergwin and Saboka. They're mm-hmm. fine pieces for another team, but we've got too much depth here. And if you get those guys and you can get Craig Anderson out of Ottawa, again, I'm not saying Craig Anderson is a golden god, but he's fine, you know, mm-hmm. and he's old, and you sign him maybe for a one-year extension or two years, and then you've got uh, Huso. Yeah. 
even Jimmy Howard. I don't really want Jimmy Howard, but Jimmy Howard is steadier than Jake Allen. His highs are lower, but he's not just going to crap the vet all the time. <laughs> that That's the thing where, like, I just... You can tell me Jake Allen's contract is bad, but it's not unmovable. I'm sorry. Patrick Bergwin's contract was not unmovable. Jake Allen sure isn't. And the other player that I want to talk about, because it's similarly suspicious to me that he hasn't signed, Patrick Maroon, St. Louis native, not signed to a contract yet. I would say best free agent that remains unsigned. Pretty unquestionably. Doug Armstrong was asked about it today. And said on the record, no comment, that they'd still, <laughs> they're still interested, mm-hmm. but it would take some creativity to get it done. And then he winked on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yoink. But you could, I really believe you could say to Patrick Maroon, hey, Pat, we want you here. Yeah, just hold up while we give us a fix week. the money. Give us a week. Let us figure it out. Because here's the thing I'm, I'm, Hometown discounts aren't everything, but Patrick Maroon's going to make $3 million wherever he goes. Mm -hmm. He's not going to make more than $3 million. And if he's unsigned on June 10th, there will still be three teams that are willing to give him $3 million. Nothing is at stake for him. Big picture. Mm -hmm. Far and away, you know, just from the limited amount I know about his personal life, he has to have a, a... phenomenally huge preference for coming to St. Louis. I think, again, you know, I'm not, it's not my business, but I think he, you know, has a son and he's not with the mother anymore and they live in St. Louis. So Mm -hmm. it's not like he gets to choose where he goes that's best for his family. It's like he gets to choose how close he can be to his son. Yeah. And he could be in the same city as his son. So I think Patrick Maroon's a guy you can say, give us a week. Let's clear some contracts. We've got a couple of things in the works, which, by the way, Doug Armstrong apparently said to Tyler Bozak and David Perron, didn't say, hey, we're trying to get Ryan O'Reilly, but he said, yeah, we talk to these guys and give them a picture of what we're trying to do. We don't give them specifics, but we tell them what's in the works. <laughs> I got some big news, wink, wink. <laughs> but Lots like, of winking And that deal guy. apparently fell apart and came back together yesterday. And that sneaky bastard... We didn't praise Tom Stillman enough either uh, for <laughs> the money. You're I'm, angry about I know that. We're done. No, he gave the money. Great. All I'm saying is Patrick Maroon to me, if you sign Patrick Maroon, and this, it's I've said it before, but it's weird how all of these moves intermingle where like two days ago they were like the Blues have talked to Patrick Maroon, and I was like, of course, because it's boring. We, and it's kind of sweet, but it's we nothing. We said on the record we didn't want him. Yeah, it's <laughs> nothing. And now I'm like, yes, because well, then you have think about it this no way. doubt yeah. top nine. You know the nine players who are your top nine. Which we haven't had in a long Kyrou time. if Jordan forces his way into that group, then well you done. can trade somebody or something, you know, but like, sorry, David Perron. Yes, exactly. No, I was say, if you have Coming a home. third line and you, you know, you trade Fabry and you get Maroon, mm-hmm. I think a stellar third line is Maroon, Thomas, Perron. Oh my God. That's just Thomas allowed think to kind of do Think about how much other stuff. teams will hate that line too. Oh. I know it's not the same. We're kind of, whatever, we'll just say it. It's not the same, but Patrick Maroon produced an awful lot with Connor McDavid. I think he could produce an awful lot. With Thomas any on the third centers, line, any of these centers can make Patrick Maroon fine. 
And he brings the physical element. He's the kind of inverse Ryan Reeves where he's a good player who's physical. Mm-hmm. And not that Ryan Reeves is 40, a good 40 point player a show. Yeah. If we have Patrick Maroon here. If Patrick Maroon isn't signed by us, it's not the end of the world. But the fact that he isn't signed at all, I would say this is the most likely explanation for mm-hmm. it. I'd agree. We've been here for two plus hours. You have to work tomorrow because your your bosses aren't patriots. We need to wrap up and get out of here. Do you have any final thoughts? I love America. <laughs> yes. Happy 4th of July to everyone out there. Happy Canada Day to any of you who celebrated that. We What's the point? celebrated it regardless. We enjoyed oh, it, it was very the, much. It was the best Canada Day in St. Louis um, ever. If nothing else happens, this team is markedly better next year than it was this year. I'm fully torqued. And I'm fully torqued. I still think things are going to happen. I'm o-torqued. And I don't, I don't see you going this far without going the rest of the way. And there's a lot of movement left to happen in the league in general. Jeff Skinner's still in Carolina. Artemi Panarin's still in Columbus. Moves are going to happen. Robin Lanier's unsigned. So... There are questions still to be answered in this league. Usually by July 2nd, it's just wrapped up. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure Patrick Maroon didn't sign while we're on the air. But, um, but I think a lot's still a lot around that's going to happen. Um, so there you go. That's uh, that. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, so the plan is you're going to be out of town next week. Is that correct? I'll be out of town this Thursday. This Thursday, okay. So next week we will have a, an episode. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're probably, much to everyone's chagrin, going to do bi-weekly every other week or bi-monthly every other week. Whichever, <laughs> yeah. way, you <laughs> whichever way you want to say um, it. Folks, there's just not that much. There could be, as you alluded to, but there's just not that much hockey news. We're flexible. If there has to be an episode on a given week, we can do it. But like, We'll jump in. We'll do we'll bite similar to what we did last year. We'll do conference previews. We've got a really fun thing with our prospects coming up. That, that might be next. Probably next, just barring news, big, big news. Well, I mean, it could be rolled into the news regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have try and have guests this summer. We're going to try and roll that out and figure out some of the tech there. I'm really excited about the rest of the summer, and I'm bonkers excited about the season. So, for those of you who have been here with us through now, what is our first full year and probably a little change, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this omnibus. I said it last <laughs> week. I'm not afraid to say it again, this Titanic episode. There you go. The good thing is when you set out to watch the Titanic, it's four hours and you know how it ends. When you listen to Two Guys No Cups, it's only two hours and you have no idea yeah, where it's going. No Celine so, Dion songs for you. Uh, no, and we'll spare you that. Near, far, <laughs> wherever you are. And Number one. Oh, don't I don't trade, Ryan. I transition to a different song. Number two. Get Ryan O'Reilly. He did follow those rules. <laughs> Number three. If you trade for him, you ain't getting over him, and we'll never be over you, Ryan O'Reilly. Thank you for listening. Sayonara. Adios.